Hello, fellow homebrewers. JP here, and I want to introduce to you the brand new Brew Built X1 Conical Series available at More Beer. More Beer sells the highest standard in homebrewing equipment, and the Brew Built Conicals are just that. They're made from mere polished 304 stainless steel, and they come with loads of features that you and I have been looking for. They have a full two inch bottom dump valve, which will eliminate your clogging issues, while the sturdy base includes four reinforced legs, just like those big pro tanks do. More Beer also carries the Brew Built line of options and add ons like casters, pressure kits, and even external glycol chillers. So you can find out more about the new Brew Built X1 Conical Uni Tanks by going over to morebeer.com for detailed videos on the entire line of Brew Built Conicals. You can trust Brew Built with your next fermentation, and you can trust More Beer to find the right conical for you. Brew Built at morebeer.com. This Friday, your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your Team Riley! It's anger! Let me at him! Fear! Safety checklist is complete! Disgust! Ew! Ew! Ugh. Sadness is in the house! Oh no! Hello, I'm Anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going! Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only theaters Friday. Get tickets now. Home brewers, craft brewers, beer lovers, beer drinkers. Get ready for an all-new experience in information exchange and beer culture. Your only source, only source for live beer radio that brings expert brewers from around the globe right to your home. You're not just listening to broadcasters. It's the Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. Yeah, that's right, boys. I'm two fisting it today, guys. Nice. I got a EJ Fair Pale Ale in one hand, and I got Doc's uh, Pilsner in the other. Wow, a two fisted brewer. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of beer. I think it's my nerves that are making me do it. I'm a little nervous don't, today, guys. Don't be nervous. I am. I, th- I feel like today we're in the we're going to be in the presence of royalty. Yeah, you know. Are, I mean, Morg. Not that. Not that you're not great and everything. I thought you guys were talking about me. I was <laughs> like, hey, it's my third time on the show. You guys should be used to it by now. Yeah. Yeah. We got Morgan from EJ Fair joining us in the chat uh, in the chat room in the studio today. Um, so uh, we got him, and then we got, uh, of course, you guys know uh, the big Charlie P. The brew. coming. He's the brew father. He's coming like on the that. show uh, uh, at six o'clock. We're gonna call him up, get him on the air, and do a, a full full interview with the man. And I'm telling you, usually I'm fine with these things. I don't care who comes in here. I, I mean, I'm happy to have them, but I don't. It doesn't make me nervous, right? Mm-hmm. I'm nervous about Charlie P. I think I was. I did a. I did a pre-interview with him on uh, Friday. I think it was called him Friday morning. How was that? I just rambled on incessantly. <laughs> I, I, I didn't even give him a chance to say anything. You already do that. I, I, I was going to say, being yourself. <laughs> it was, but it was even worse because I, I could tell. I was like, God, shut up. Shut up for a second. <laughs> Let the guy answer you. You know, Justin, I hear a uh, good way to get over nerves like that is to close your eyes and imagine me in my underwear. <laughs> <laughs> but but well, that's might, what you're wearing now. It might get me over that, but it's going to bring on a whole s- onslaught of other problems <laughs> if I do that, Morgan. Yeah, well, you know. Uh, yeah, I just, uh, well, so I, I talked to him and, I, and I'm just trying to explain to him, uh, listen, I'm only calling you to, to make sure our audio quality on the phone is good and to just kind of give you a heads up about what we've got in mind to tell you that it's going to be a long show because i don't want you to be surprised when we hold on to you for more than an hour and uh that we're gonna have a lot of fun 
And before I knew it, like 10 minutes had gone by and Charlie hadn't said a word. So uh-huh. <laughs> I was like, hello, Charlie? <laughs> you still there, buddy? Uh, he was cool, though. He just kind of said, uh-huh, okay. A little so, dial tone going. Sounds, <laughs> sounds good. He went out to have a bite. <laughs> so I don't know what he thinks this show is going to be. He's probably wondering why I'm even having him on the show. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm just going to talk the whole time anyway. Probably, he probably will. Yeah. Hmm. So what I'm doing here is two-fisting it to try to settle my nerves down and, and get a good interview going, you know? Get you a third if you like. <laughs> if that's what it takes, that's what we'll do. So that's what we got in store for you today and uh, and not a whole lot else. We're gonna I got some good announcements to make about the new year. Actually, that, that, that you guys are going to be real happy about. We're going to do that at about 5.30, go through kind of our regular business before then. And then uh, we're going to dedicate the whole second half of the show or second three quarters or whatever it ends up being to uh, the man Charlie P. We'll be calling him right at 6 o'clock. Get him on the phone. So uh, get your questions ready. I already got a bunch out of the forum. Yeah, those were really good questions. Yeah, yeah. yeah. People were already posting all week long uh, some some pre-questions. So I got those. And uh, uh, w- one word that Charlie did get in during the uh, pre-interview <laughs> was uh, he was asking about, hey, you know, don't you guys have a chat room or something? Are people going to be able to ask me stuff? And I said, oh, yeah, don't you worry about that. Yeah. Uh, in fact, that's probably what's going to keep you longer than, than 7 o'clock is we'll have so many questions for you. So I got some of those already, but feel free. You know, you got uh, Daniela in the in the chat room, um, you know, taking your questions today. How are you feeling today, Daniela? I'm feeling great, and you're under a lot of pressure. <laughs> Don't rub it in. Is that what they said in the chat? Yes. <laughs> your career is on the line. <laughs> is that what they said? <laughs> yeah. We'll survive. <laughs> push, push him. Push him. Don't screw to up know. this interview. Do not screw up this interview. <laughs> <laughs> what if I piss off Charlie Papazian? Oh. Well, we'll be out of a job. <laughs> yes. We will cease to be the homebrew show. We're going to have to move on to knitting. We'll be are the, you, the, the knitting network. Are you going to play this song every time I'm on? Yeah. <laughs> I told you it's your theme music. <laughs> at least, I vote for another one. At least now I don't pause for everyone to hear it. I just leave it on in the background. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> Why, you don't like it anymore? No, nah, it's okay. You might want to find something new, though. <laughs> Check this out. I got a funny story about this song. Uh Daniela, you know uh, this. You don't know this story, but you know that uh, John's girlfriend, uh, who's been in the studio before she helps out, right. happens happens to be Jewish. Right? I know, Dad. Uh, <laughs> and we got a sick sense of humor around here, uh, yeah. on and off the show. And off the show, we've we've offended the girl once. Like the first time we met her, we we went on about our Nazi jokes and calling you names and all sorts of stuff. And I still hear about that to this day, <laughs> and I'm still sorry. Uh, yeah. Well. We have since curved our, our you know, behavior uh, about that around Anna. Like, we realize that not everybody gets our sense of humor. Exactly. So, so we've stopped. But what I wasn't thinking about this whole time is that our show still has things like this going on. And Anna listens to the show sometimes, John's girlfriend. And, and her and, parents uh, might, too. <laughs> <laughs> and so, John, I'm playing the song as John comes in the studio today. And he starts to tell me, he's like, you have no idea how much shit I get for this. Really? For us doing yeah, this for stuff. Amount. And I hadn't even thought about it. I had an hour discussion over dinner. <laughs> Candlelight and everything. Candles were ruined, man. <laughs> yeah. It was horrible. <laughs> what a waste of a yeah. bottle of wine. Yeah, it was a waste, man. <laughs> so you're sweating more then than Justin is now. Oh, I was trying to be like, all right, honey, no, pretend if you're like this, if you're my shoes, and think of it this way. Didn't go over at all. I think she's going to get it eventually. Yeah. <laughs> she's, a, she's a very smart woman, and I think she's, she's going to learn that we are just not as smart as she is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that might be all it takes. But I just can't. I'm trying to picture John have to go through this. And then I'm also trying to picture the day coming where John has to defend his radio you'll, show to the parents. You'll appreciate this. She was. She had. She didn't know how to log into her forum. Yeah. She was going to write you, like, as a guest, like a hate 
<laughs> boring thing. Oh, wow. And then I'm so glad she's not computer literate. Yeah. Because I could just imagine that just blowing up in my face. Because <laughs> you know I would have loved you. That. I know, and you would have read it on the air. Yeah. And then, oh, I wish you would have done that. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Tell her I want one. <laughs> <laughs> she was yeah. going to do it anonymously? or Anonymously, yeah. That would have I mean, been. Yeah. I told her to, actually. That I was like, cool, good idea. Do it. Yeah. See what happens. Yeah. yeah. I'm just being quiet during all this because I'm not sure I can add anything positive or constructive <laughs> to this <laughs> conversation. Yeah. yeah. If, I, if I'm single next week, yeah. you know why. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my mother-in-law also asked, oh, you're on the radio? Can I listen? And she is kind of computer literate. Oh, right. And she's Jewish, too. Do you tell her no, don't listen? Yeah, I'll, I'll let you know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's about it. Well, that's what John said. Well, maybe maybe well, someday she, she'll be able to listen. And I was like... Dude, you never know what's going to happen in here. I don't think it's a good idea. Oh, I, don't, I don't know if she'd be more pissed about the, the whole Nazi thing. which I, she, She'd probably see the humor in it, maybe. Yeah. But yeah. maybe just being hammered, too. Yeah, yeah. That doesn't go over. Well, <laughs> the only person to be offended should be me, right? Yeah. Am Pretty I saying much, this yeah. correctly? Well, yeah, that's true. Well, Why? What would you do? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, never mind. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you guys are the ones. Well, never mind. Yeah. Never mind. <laughs> never mind. Don't start, Jay. Please. Please. Anyway, yeah. I just thought Anna it was funny because I, I thought that we had cured our, our ailments as far as John and, and his relations go, but I forgot that our radio show Once is, a week. Is, is bad. Yeah. <laughs> Once a week, I hear it. So you're going uh, back to that show again? Yeah. Yeah. It's hard to get her in there, too, now. <laughs> I know. I'm surprised we'll she's We'll have to get her own song. That's all. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We'll get her like the. I are, I hate the Gentiles song or something. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> it's something that she can retaliate. What about the Hanukkah song by uh, Adam Sandler? <laughs> yeah, there, you there you go. We'll yeah, play that for that. her. All right, the Hanukkah song. Thanks, Jay. Well, speaking of, um, you know. Hanukkah? Hate mail. <laughs> oh, my God. You've got mail. Kick ass. Kick ass. And our feedback box this week is a really interesting story. I didn't get a lot of uh, um, feedback, like air reading feedbacks. Uh, you know, I got your normal stuff. Uh, but I got more hate mail, Doc, and, and you know I like it when I get hate mail. Oh, yeah. Mail. I can't yeah, wait. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> In fact, the only problem I had with this hate mail is that it wasn't descriptive enough. Oh. <laughs> and so I actually responded to the person. To get him, to get him right back? <laughs> asking him to, you know, come on. I gave him pointers about how to be more descriptive. Um but he, but but here's what's going to happen because uh, it wasn't just hate mail about um, about me or, or the show or you or Doc. It kind of was about the whole thing we do here, and and I think our listeners need to know about this too because they kind of got. As far as I'm concerned, I think they got kind of lumped into this also. So I've got a plan. Oh, All good. Right. So let me go over what happened first, and then I'll tell you my plan. Sure. Okay. So I get this email after last week's show. I get it on Monday or something. And all it says is weak. This one word. It says, it says <laughs> That's weak. That's pretty descriptive. Was it yeah. E-E-K or E-A-K? It was, it was E-A-K. It oh, says man. weak. Now, coming from our listeners, right, I get that all the time. That's yeah. fine. <laughs> you know, it's, it's funny. We're, they're always telling me that I'm bringing it weak and... Apparently you guys are awesome every week, but I always bring it weak. Maybe he just hit the <laughs> hit the send button too soon. Yeah, right. Maybe yeah, he didn't. Just go. didn't get a chance to finish. But I realized uh, by his email address, which Daniela says I'm not allowed to give out because uh, it's illegal. Um, I realized that he has his own show. It's it's whoever emailed me this because uh, it's somehow uh, the email address refers to a show title as On Tap with Dave and Mac. 
or something <laughs> like that. I don't know if anybody's ever heard it. No. So I, the only thing I'm upset about is that I he didn't he wasn't he didn't really send me any hate because I get that it's weak all the time. So I write back to him. I'm like, you know, in of course a little sarcastic. Uh, nah. I'm like, uh, so is that all you have? I mean, you really. So you, you're egging him on. You, yeah, I'm like, you, yeah. you, so he brought it weak. Yeah, he brought it weak. I'm <laughs> yeah. like, I'm like, that's all you got? Like, maybe you could have talked about how your show is so much better than ours, or, or maybe you could have talked about how your parents didn't love you enough, so you have to send anonymous notes to people that you envy. Oh, <laughs> and then, like, sending all this stuff back to them. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and, and so I, 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 you know, I go on and I sign my name and I say, P.S. You know, maybe I could give you some pointers on your show. Just feel free to ask. I'll help you out, right? So a few days go by, and uh, and he writes back to me, and he says, and and this is where I find him insulting to all of our users. Okay, he writes back and he says, "No, my show's at a station, not a geek site, computer generated so-called station. Maybe I can help you guys." And then he goes on to make fun of our beer. Says, uh, you know, great place if you're in California. Why don't you try a Sierra Nevada? I think they sell them down there. Oh, well, have fun in Nerdland, he writes back. And then he leaves me all his contact information. So now I can at least find out who he is because he leaves me contact information because I'm a little curious now, yeah, right? Yeah. Turns out I, I look up. All he leaves me is his, is his radio station contact information because yeah. apparently whatever show he did was on a, on a real station. <laughs> well, it's true. I think it was up on a station in Portland. Turns out, back in April, the station got shut down due to competition with sites like our own. (laughs) They couldn't keep up with, with like, podcasting and Internet content and all these things. So whatever company owned their their radio station shut it down and opened it up under a new format. So the guy actually doesn't have a show anymore at all. Wow. Unless anybody out there knows otherwise, I'll I'll be happy to hear about it. So he's angry, right? And he's angry at us. And he's calling, you know. And you're stirring the pot. (laughs) And here I am stirring the pot. Because I'm thinking, because what an insult, you know, he's on his high horse saying that because we're not on AM radio. Why would he even waste his time? By the way, it was on the like the 910, it was on the AM 910 frequency. So not only is he on AM, he's on like the lowest band of AM that there is and. Uh, but he's still on his high horse about our nerd site because we're web based and and all our users are geeks and so are we. I'm not uh, even sure if my car has an AM <laughs> band on anymore. it. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I haven't responded back to him yet, but of course I will. I'll write back something like, "Now I realize why you're so angry. Yeah. Stations like ours have shut you down, and uh, by the way, we have more listenership than your you entire call. station had, hey, and things like that." <laughs> I can't. The, I looked up the phone number. He left me phone numbers. They're all defunct. They're not. Uh, uh, they're not phone numbers anymore. Well, maybe you right. should invite him to call into the or, show. Hey, I'm thinking of doing just yeah. that. He's Let's probably listening. Offer him a job. Yeah. I'm thinking <laughs> of doing the same thing. In fact, what if we had a reporter for the Brewing Network that reported for us but hated us at the same time? Like, actually, how great would that, that would be? be? Funny. You, you could, could be awesome. You could do that. And I remember actually Daniela was talking about she was kind of tiring of housework too. <laughs> You can have them do that for you us know, as well. You can't be out there reporting on beer all the time. People don't want to talk about beer before 10 a.m. That is so an excellent idea. Yeah. Before that, little dishes and oh, yeah. vacuuming, and then... You're you know, absolutely we'll right. We'll get Danielle her own houseboy. I think I'm, I, 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 I I'm going to make the offer to him. You know, That's a very good idea. So offer him like 10 bucks an hour or so. We can pay that. That's a little bit yeah. pricey. Yeah, that's yeah. a little high. Minimum wage yeah. is only like six seventy-five. Oh, okay. In California. <laughs> we're, we're in the Bay Area. Yeah. yeah. In fact, if we employ he, if we employ him from Oregon, which is where his station was, uh, I think minimum wage is even less. So <laughs> we can pay him less <laughs> out there. Uh, but here's my plan, right? 
And and it's up to you guys. Look, you you don't have to do anything about it if you don't want to. But if you feel like he's insulting you guys too because he's saying that we're just a geek site and a nerd site because we're on the internet, um, I'm not allowed to give out his email. It's illegal, Daniela tells me. I, that's the first thing I was going to do. I was going to give out his email and say, go ahead and send your response. But I'm not allowed to. I think we'll get sued, uh, which they wouldn't take much. I don't want to get sued. So what I'm going to do is I'm doing? going to uh, – yeah, right, yeah. Doc? <laughs> I'm, I'm out of this. Yeah. <laughs> it's all good. Uh, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to create an email address for him on the Brewing Network. All right, I'll tell you guys what it is. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll post it. In fact, why don't I just create it right now? Uh, I'll create the account afterward. But I think what I'm going to name, his email address will be... Code name. Some code name. Hate mail. Weak. <laughs> Weak at brewing. Weak we'll just, we'll keep it short. We'll go hate mail <laughs> at thebrewingnetwork.com. There you go. Okay. H-A-T-E-M-A-I-L. Uh, hate mail at thebrewingnetwork.com. Okay. And what I'm going to do is, is, is forward him all the access he needs to access this mailbox. Because I'm allowed to respond to him because he sent me an email. I'm just not allowed to give out his personal email. So I'll create this inbox for him. You guys can send all the mail you want to it directed to this person, and I'll forward it on to him. How about that? How about don't open any attachments from his emails either? Viruses? Yeah, if he sends anything back, I wouldn't open it. Guys. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so don't. if you get any responses from this mailbox... Don't open it. <laughs> Just send email to it and and uh, and let him know what you think about uh, being you know caught in nerdland. Here's a good recommendation for the email account: uh-huh. douchebag at Even better. Okay. Well, that could that could be any of us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that could be. You're absolutely right, Doc. Okay. How about that? We're gonna do that. Um, you know, the thing I find most deploring about hate mail. I mean, on a personal level, for myself. Yeah. I don't have a radio program. I don't offer my address out to people, and it just really is bizarre when I end up getting a whole bunch of hate mail in my house. Yeah. Yeah, I have to say hate mail is pretty bizarre. Yeah. It is. It's a bizarre thing. Yeah. I love it, though. No, it's, it's, it's fun. To me, yeah. I, I kind of live by it. Like, yeah. this guy has no idea. He's thinking that he's that he's making me feel bad about myself by sending this, which I don't know why he would you feed off feel of the need to do that. It makes you feel good. I feel great about it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, when I read that email and then realized who he was when he responded to me, Man, it was one of the happiest moments of my week. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Especially when I found out that his station is defunct. That made me even happier. He was correct, though. We are all nerds. Okay, that's true. We are. So you can even respond that to him if you want. All right, so here's his new address then. Uh, you won't be able to send it until tomorrow because I'll create the thing tonight. Tomorrow. It's douchebag at thebrewingnetwork.com, spelled D-O-U-C-H-E-B-A-G. That's about right, isn't it, Doc? Good, close enough. Douchebag at thebrewingnetwork.com. And I'll post it in the forum, too, so okay. that you guys can check it out there. And uh, you guys can let this guy uh, know what you think. If anybody has ever heard the show, I think it's called... I, I wasn't able to find it. It doesn't exist anywhere that I know. I just found the station that it, it, it maybe was on. Um, it, it's, it seems to be something like On Tap with Dave and Mac. But I couldn't. I did a search. I searched. I, I couldn't find it. Uh, and his dog. <laughs> yeah, it's like. I mean, he's so angry at the podcast yeah, revolution. He's more angry now. I'll tell you that. Much. I'll tell you. A lot of traditional broadcasters are are a little angry about the the internet revolution because it's putting people out of work. I mean, a lot of people are tuning into podcasts and and internet sites and satellite radio and all these things that go away from traditional terrestrial radio. And uh, people are losing their jobs over it. And and those broadcasters who didn't embrace it instead and kind of look ahead and say this might be the new thing, they're they're hating it now. They're out of work and they're they're a little upset. Kind of reminds me. Of, yeah, it reminds me of like the beer industry. You know, I'm sure 
a lot of the people producing American Pilsners kind of wishing at one point, I guess they're still doing all right, but yeah, you know, it definitely has a, yeah. A lot of people going towards craft brews, you know? Oh, sure. And, yeah. and they're playing catch up. So I mean, like the craft brew of radio shows right here. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. That's how I like to yeah. think about it. Yeah. <laughs> that's a quote right there. Yeah. It's true. You I'm gotta, gotta uh, list you yeah. always have to embrace the new things coming. If the tighter you hold on to what you have and, and what is old, the, the harder you're gonna fall, really. Mm. You're just gonna yeah. kinda go down with it. And there's a lot of broadcasters who have embraced it and they keep their FM jobs and also run a podcast or uh, their own website that you can get media clips from and all this kind of stuff. And these are the guys who are smart enough to figure out that things are changing, mm-hmm. you know. Well, see, I disagree with yeah, I disagree with in, uh, <laughs> right. I disagree with embracing technology and that's why I appreciate the fact that you guys have the breaks. It gives me time to go out and feed my horse the oats. <laughs> right. you know? Yeah. Otherwise, I just Stoke wouldn't be able to fire. get home, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> So that's our mail segment for today. It's the only mail I got. Was happy to get it. Uh, douchebag at thebrewingnetwork.com. It will be available for your comments tomorrow. Fire him up. I will, uh, I will forward it on all to Mr. Anonymous. Uh, Mr. You're a bunch of nerds. Anonymous. There you go. Dave or Mac. Uh, yeah, Dave or Mac. Okay, let's do a little bit of news. And it really is only a little bit. I got, uh, just a couple of stories here. Um, one of them is about some more storm relief going on. This one in Florida. And it's from a beer distributor. Since uh, Fort Pierce, since his route delivering beer for Southern Eagle Distributing winds through the Wilma-ravaged neighborhoods of Belle Glade, it didn't take long for Solomon Lee to realize the residents needed more than a drink. Uh, he says, I knew that other people had been doing stuff for them, Fort Pierce resident said, and I just wanted to do something close to Christmas. So what he's done is he approached his distributor and his co-workers and decided to, to bring meals and toys and clothes to the area instead of just doing his beer distribution route. You know, he normally would have just driven through on like a, a, you know, all week long and dropped off beer. He decided, why not use the truck to bring some good stuff? And absolutely, let's put something together. Peter Bush, owner and CEO of the Southern Eagle Distributing, recalled saying when his employees first presented the idea. Everybody was worrying about Palm Beach and further south, and nobody was worrying about Belle Glade, Clewiston, Pahokee, Harlem, and Indiantown. Bush, whose great-grandfather founded Anheuser-Busch, is well-versed with organizing hurricane relief. He had 35,000 cases of water delivered to parts of St. Lucie and Indian River counties after Francis and Jean, and 4,000 cases to Belle Glade after Wilma. To raise food, funds, and toys, word went out over the airwaves. Mighty Michael James of Port St. Lucie, an on-air personality with a couple of FM stations there, um, talked up the effort when plugging the station's annual toy drive with Treasure Coast Helping Hands. James said they raised about $40,000 in cash and donations, and that came from little kids giving up a couple of dollars to families uh, giving a couple hundred dollars. The stations will donate 20% of the drive's collection to today's delivery, which I think was supposed to happen yesterday. Um, Dominic Kalura, owner of Dominic's Corner Grill in Fort Pierce, is also sending down a 1,000 meals of barbecue pork and chicken with coleslaw and pasta salad. Mm. I told them whatever money they raise, spend it on toys for the kids, and my company will provide the food, he said. We've been in the community for 12 years, and it's been real good to us, so we believe in giving a little back. So, little beer distributor and and a descendant of the Anheuser-Busch family, no nice. less. Uh, Give them back. Using their route trucks, not just to deliver beer, but to, to hand out some food and toys around the Christmas time Why for not? the it's great. Wilma-ravaged community. I thought it was just kind of a cool beer-related story. 
Um, this next story was an entire interview, which I, I don't feel the need to read because most of it's pretty boring. I just wanted to ask you guys, um, and, and maybe you in particular, Morgan, not that you guys are targeting uh, out-of-country sales or anything, but is anybody aware that India, uh, which is now currently the smallest beer market in the world at only 85 million cases, is now the fastest-growing industry, or one of the fastest-growing anyway, at 7.5% annually um it's the, the beer industry is growing there 85 million cases growing at 75 percent population is expected to increase by over 80 million in 10 years the target beer population Wow! so it's just this new wow. huge <laughs> potential market for yeah. beer uh, as far as i understand the kind of beer tradition is india in india is that beer was was mostly a, a festive drink it would it would be available around the holidays and certain uh, religious festivals and things like that but now uh, this growing market is drinking it year round Hmm. From uh, from what I understand about Indian and the Indian market is that uh, it's definitely there's a lot of different religions that go on there, but a lot of the religions that do go on there don't really promote alcohol use. So right, it's always been sort of like a, just a black area for beer. Um, I'm actually surprised. I'm sure. I mean, statistics can tell you whatever you want, but I mean, just my own gut feeling says that. I mean, all of our steel. All of the, a lot of the oil, everything's going to China. I would I would say that China would be the place to go. But uh, yeah, that's awesome to hear that India's. Yeah, they're really growing. Well, yeah, maybe this, they'll open up. This particular interview, actually, in you know, related to what you're saying, is that a lot of uh, of their kind of societal rules and regulations are relaxing a bit and and allowing for for more of an opening for beer. So the kind of uh, Hindu religious thing that that had had traditionally kept beer from being a big commodity is kind of relaxing and loosening up a little bit yeah. and allowing room for beer, and that's kind of where the growth is happening. Well, I think that's great. Um, let's see. The Indian beer market is where the Chinese beer market was 20 years ago. The per capita consumption of beer in China today is 20 liters per person, whereas in India it's approximately 0.8 liters per person uh, in, in a year. As the Indian economy grows and India integrates more and more with the rest of the world, even if the per capita consumption increases to 10 liters per person over the next decade, the Indian beer market would potentially grow 15 times. I wonder what so. if it correlates at all with like the jobs being outsourced, if they're becoming more westernized. and It does. Yeah. Um, the main factors contributing to the growth and increase uh, in income level globalization, which is part of this outsourcing, communication, and decreasing cultural and social restrictions. Uh, he kind of The person being interviewed relates it to the UK market, says, if you look at the UK market, you can see the phenomenal growth of lager in the last few decades. In 1960, only 1% of beer in the UK was lager, and 99% was ale. Today, two-thirds of all beer drunk in the UK is lager, yeah, which amazing. is amazing. Yeah. From 1960 to now, to compare almost completely reversed like that yeah. to be two-thirds is now lager. Um, same thing. It's the globalization and kind of, you know, uh, more of a one-world economy being able to ship things around yeah. and definitely uh, seeing the effect in places like India. You always got to think about the pendulum, though, too, you know? Swinging back and forth, yeah. Yeah, yeah you never know. Um, yeah, so anyway, th- there you go. I just thought you guys might uh, find it interesting that, that right now the smallest beer market in the world is also the fastest, one of the fastest-growing beer markets in the world, and... Uh, who knows? In a few years, they could be a bunch of drunks just like us. I'll be on a plane on Monday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If you're just joining us, I want to let you know it is the Charlie Papazian Show. And he'll be joining us on the phone at uh, 6 o'clock. 
So uh, hang in there. Our tasting today, which we didn't post for you guys because it's uh, an unofficial tasting, is actually going to be Charlie Papazian's own homebrew. Yummy. Did you ever think you were going to be drinking Charlie's own homebrew in in my uh, garage, Doc? (laughs) I did, actually. (laughs) It's a dream come true. It's one of my goals in life, actually. (laughs) Yeah, is that right? I thought so. Uh, It was... Med school, but then right below was, <laughs> was drinking Papazian's beer in my garage, right? Yep. Uh, I saw a picture of him once. Uh, he's making a kind of a walk-in cooler in his garage and just yeah. cases of beer sitting there and him with a hand there. truck. Yeah. Like, well, that'd be nice to have a case of that. Yeah. A lot of the interviews I, I've read about him, uh, he, he really says um, – like he really has a phobia about running out of good beer. He doesn't. I'm calling it a phobia. He doesn't call it His a phobia. Book shows that. There is, yeah. Oh yeah. He he New one. he really has a fear of not being able to get a good beer at the moment that he wants it. Like at the uh, Howard Hughes level, uh, or something a little the, more reasonable. Well, I don't know. Yeah. We'll ask him. I'll I'll <laughs> ask him the question. What I do know is to compensate for that, to make sure it never happens, is he says he just brews all the time, and he's got cases and cases of homebrew around constantly. Wow. Uh, not only so that he could have it at home. But according to his new book, so he can bring it with him. Yeah, he carries it everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> he actually brings so, it you know, with him. Your phobia is just running out of beer. In general. Absolutely. Good, bad, and different. <laughs> in fact, uh, I was about to run out the other day and I, I even my roommate was on his way home. I, I called him and he had already gone to the store to get beer for himself. I made him go back nice. and get me beer. <laughs> Before the show, I was actually digging through your trash out there and uh, noticed uh, Silver Bullet. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the stray bullet. Uh, Is that uh, the magic bullet? <laughs> Break time. Yeah. Break time. Okay, Morgan, thanks for bringing that up. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I, I had to mention. I had to mention it. Uh, I, will, I will politely pass the buck. I have a new roommate, and uh, it was his girlfriend's um, Coors Light. In defense of my roommate, he was drinking Red Tail Ale, which, oh. is, uh, which is a pretty decent yeah. um, uh, ale. But she's not allowed in the house uh, anymore. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> her, I, I, I promptly tore the Coors Light out of her hand, threw it in the backyard, and <laughs> said, slapped it out of her hand. You get out, ma'am. You get out. <laughs> you, you come good, back when you have a better beer attitude. Good day, ma'am. I said good day. <laughs> Half inebriated too. Yeah. Uh, Schumann, our old roommate, always used to have the Coors Light around too, man. Yeah, That's what he, he was too. shameless. He, is he still is. You know shameless. what it is? I, you know what I like? I like having a Coors Light guy around because I just like to be able to insult people randomly. And plus, he's not going to drink your beer. Exactly. Yeah. I know that all the good stuff is completely safe. It's all yours because he doesn't want anything to do with it. Won't he doesn't it. like it. He won't touch it. Nothing. If he's out of beer, nothing but your beer there, he'll yeah. go to the store. Absolutely. <laughs> and that, my friend, is a good roommate. Oh yeah. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Yes, Daniela, you look like you have, uh, no, no, nothing. No. How's the chat room going? It's going great. We had, we had 45. Now some dropped out, unfortunately. Because <laughs> our stupid chat room kicks yeah, people out. Yeah, but the the time. people just keep coming back and I'm That's happy it. to pass along all your questions for Charlie Papazian. Okay. Excellent. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to take a little break right now and, uh, when we come back, we're going to make our announcements for the new year. Nice. Are you ready for that? Announcements. Announcements. Yeah. Little resolutions. We or? already, well. No. I got a resolution. <laughs> the Brewing Network has a bunch of stuff in store, uh, for, for January and February and, and hopefully the, uh, rest of the months of Could the year. Could bring it strong. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, we already announced, of course, the Jamil program coming up and, yes. uh, Saw your little battle brewing in the forum, John. I, I read so. M- I was like, "Oh my god, this is going to be a challenge!" And all I could say is, "Bring it on!" Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, that was, it was kind of a wave happening. Yeah, there. 
What are you doing, John? I had a bu- I had a bunch of other things I wanted to say, but held yeah. back. Yeah, John's doing the, a new show with uh, with Jamil coming Mondays in oh, January, and uh, John's on the show. And, and those two tend to occasionally have a differing opinion. I think it's good for Jamil to have someone disagree with him. I think you're right. He needs that. And that person's you. Yeah. yeah, and I will do that with him. Yeah. I think it's good for radio to have yeah. anyone disagree with anyone. I, mean, I never disagree with Jamil. <laughs> no, he's perfect. You think that's <laughs> he's far from perfect? Daniela quite likes Jamil. She thinks. Uh, <laughs> disagree again. Yeah. He and I have actually a pretty good relationship. We're both each other's yes men. Just Is that right? I think that's a great beer. Yeah, me too. Yeah, everyone, no arguing. Everyone yeah. needs a yes man yeah. in their life. you know. And we both fulfill that for each other. It's, it's great. It's yeah. very important. It's very important. John doesn't have a yes man. Everyone tells John no. Yeah. I don't know. The poor guy has no one saying yes. It's an uphill battle all the time. Yeah, everything he does. Yeah, you're wrong. Like, like, John, no. You don't know what you're doing. Okay. (laughs) It it makes you who you are, though, John. Yeah, it does. (laughs) And I'm pitching warm tomorrow, too, for my Ellis. Yeah? Just because. Just because. I I did last. You know the beer I brewed last year? I pitched at 80 degrees. Is that right? 80 degrees. That's when you pitched. And it did well. Mm-hmm. It did do well. Touche. <laughs> <laughs> John's going to cling to that as oh, long as I, he has to. I thought about pitching cold tomorrow, but no. Then I'm pitching warm. F that. Yep. <laughs> I'll bring it. All right. So stay tuned. Charlie Papazian will be on the show in approx- in less than 30 minutes. We're going to get him on the phone. we got Morgan from EJ Fair staying with us. And, uh, of course, all the brewcasters. We'll be right back. It's the Brewing Network live brewing program. <laughs> Coming in January, the Brewing Network is proud to present the Beer Style Show. Hosted by the most award-winning home brewer ever, Jamil Zanashef. Each show will give you the best in understanding BJCP style guidelines. you got to honestly look at it, try it, you know, and evaluate it and say, no, it's, it's actually, you know... A, a better beer in this style. And that's again, goes to, you know, understand the BJCP uh, style guide. Competition advice. One of the things in competition that you have to do is you have to brew a good beer, a really good beer. So the bigger the, the, the competition, the, yeah. the better beer you have to brew as a base. Experienced homebrew tips. You know, one of the things about process, some of the, a lot of these beers, um, mash temp is a difference of just a few degrees one way or another, but it makes, uh, you know, a dramatically different beer. The science behind the process. What you want to pitch is one million cells per milliliter of wort per degree Plato. And brewcaster John co-hosting is sure to keep Jamil on his toes. Yeah. I believe that you need temperatures to help grow you. I, I, think, I think John... John, you could make even better beer. What it's on, Jamil. The Beer Style Show with Jamil Zanashef and John Plisse. Coming to the Brewing Network in 2006. Stay tuned to www.thebrewingnetwork.com for details. The Brewing Network. Saving your life. One beer at a time. We're back with the Charlie Papazian Show. He'll be joining us in uh, about 20 minutes. We're going to get him on the phone. <laughs> John's excited. Yeah. Some of that. That's why you're on this show, my friend. Thanks, buddy. So we got some big announcements for January, but uh, just before we do that, I want to make a, 
a quick note to the show that uh, we've not done before, and I want to recognize some people who are, um, you guys wouldn't believe how much these people are making us grow. Uh, what I want to do is recognize our podcast subscribers. Um, we've only been podcasting our show publicly for a couple of weeks, but uh, if you include our testing, which people found out about before I ever announced it and, and whatever else, uh, we've been doing it for about eight weeks. Seven seven weeks, John's telling me? Seven or eight weeks uh, we've been podcasting this thing. And uh, our podcast subscribers have gone nuts. Man, are they tuned into this thing. Yeah. As of today, uh, we have almost, uh, just we're just under 10,000 podcasters out there. Listening to our individual show. podcast, yes, yep. sir. That's ten thousand individual my users. My God, listening to you, Doc, on uh, <laughs> uh, via podcast. Oh my God! And uh, not only do I want to thank these people for their support, That's thank awesome. them for spreading yeah, the word, thank our users that have been with us since the beginning who have done the same thing. It's this kind of thing that's going to help us grow and provide a better service and uh, really do the right thing for brewers out there. So cheers, a cheers, a toast. To the podcasters, uh, for one, I just want to acknowledge you guys for the first time. I'm sorry it's right. taken so long. We just I, I wasn't even sure if you were there. <laughs> but you are there, and uh, cheers to you. In mass. Thanks very much. You guys know the uh, number one, like the, the, they had like, I guess, the Webster's Dictionary adds new words, the dictionary every year. The word that was added this year was podcast. Was pod- is that right? Yeah. I don't really like the word in like per se. It's it's okay. It serves its purpose. I don't like that it's um it's uh it's brand related. Yeah. Mm-hmm. See what I mean? iPod. Yeah. Because iPod yeah. Test. Yeah. It was it was coined by a a, a the guy who kind of really has been the well, he's sort of the godfather of podcasting. He's done as much promoting for podcasting, although in a, a much shorter time as say Charlie Papazian has done for homebrew. Adam Curry, who is an yep. old um MTV VJ, one of the original MTV VJs, and he got into podcasting, does his own podcast, and coined the term, and it just kind of took off. It's a great term. I, I, it, it works for exactly what we do. I just, yeah, it's, it's like I said, it's brand related. On a personal level, I have to say, I, I don't have anything necessarily against the word or phrase. Thanks. Me, <laughs> no, thanks. Me neither. Thanks, Morgan. You're registered yeah. now. Uh, I'm just saying, I mean, but, you know. Uh, what I do like is word. I like it as a medium because it's free and people are – it's convenient and you get to do, uh, you know, retarded shows like ours and uh, people actually want to listen to these things. and uh, Nerdy shows. Yeah, well, it helps us when we sense. thought, we, you know, originally we had 40 listeners, period. <laughs> period. <laughs> I've never listened to the show. Uh, yeah, Morgan's never heard no. it, ever. He's been, this is his third time on. He's never even listened to it. <laughs> he his only own listens show. to his own shows. Yeah, I'm not tuning that in. I got yeah. shit to do. Uh, but yes, uh, so I just wanted to acknowledge you guys out there and let you know, I know you're there. I'm going to check. Try to take good care of you. Thanks for, for tuning in. What about the guys who download the archives? we got to acknowledge them, too. Absolutely. I said the guys who have been with us in the beginning, and that's mm-hmm. who I meant also. Uh, if you don't have a, an MP3 player, and I don't either. Look, I don't. I don't look, either. we're running a podcast here. Not one of us has a portable <laughs> yeah. MP3 player. Uh, but uh, our archive page gets uh, quite a bit of traffic, too. I'll tell you guys right now, we've exceeded 
our uh, traffic allowances pretty much on our uh, on our host will be will be upgrading very soon and and that's a blessing of a problem because it means a lot of people are are really tuning in and finding uh, that our our product is uh, is something worth listening to. Yeah, good info. And, uh, so next week is the Brewing Network fun drive and everything. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We're going to do a, a 12 hour uh, telethon. We should. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be awesome. We'll can yeah. drive. Doc is going to is going to host the whole thing. By hour 2 he'll be slurring. By hour 12 this is what the show will sound yeah. like. Yeah. <laughs> and that'll be Doc. I'm not, I'm not asleep. asleep. <laughs> I'm not asleep. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, hey, uh, just a shout out to you podcasters, archive users, people really helping us grow. Thanks very much. Okay, how about some big announcements, kids? Make it happen. You guys ready? January and uh, 2006 in general, friends, is going to be a big time for the Brewing Network. Really and, big. And uh, for that matter, a big time for you guys because I really um, – there's been a lot of buzz going on around the studios lately. I don't know how much it kind of goes goes through the airwaves, how much you guys are feeling it. We're making a lot of changes here and uh, spending a lot more time, uh, personal time, on the Brewing Network um, to to kind of make it happen and make a place for you guys that you can't find anywhere else. And we're, we're pretty excited. So uh, some of the things we got going on, we already announced uh, that we'll now be broadcasting on Mondays the Jameel Show. Uh, it's going to come Monday mornings at 10 a.m. Brewing with and, style. Uh, it's going to be brewing with style. He's going to tell you how to brew to a style. John's going to help him out, and 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 then anything else too. He's going to you field that? your questions and help him out. Yeah, <laughs> you're going to help him out. You help him through it. <laughs> you got to guide him through. Guide him through. Uh, so that's already coming in Monday. Uh, I just found out this week. Got confirmation. There is an Australian show. I think it's called, uh, and I apologize. It's called the Ozcraft Brewer Show, as far as I know. I will get all details to you because I, like I said, I just got the okay from the guy. Uh, his name's Graham uh, Sanders, who does the show out there. Been doing a beer show longer than anybody, as far as I can tell. He's been doing it since early 2003. Wow. And um, I didn't listen to awesome. his show uh, before we started the Brewing Network. Mm-hmm. But I did just after. I, I did a search to find out uh, who else is out there, and I found him then and tuned in a bunch of times. And uh, it's a good show. It's very informative. Like I said, he's been doing it for a long time. He has roving reporters who call in for him and kind of, uh, you know, so you get you get reports from around the world. It's based out of Australia. We're going to be airing his show on the Brewing Network. So uh, you'll still go to him for the archives and the podcast. We're not going to deal with that. But what we're doing is converting the Brewing Network's on-air schedule into – Almost a full week of homebrewing programming. Uh, not you'll you'll find replays of our show. You'll have the Jamil show. You're going to have this Oz Craft Brewer show coming out of Australia. So if you've never heard it before, you're going to be able to tune in and catch it on our show. I, I'm thinking it's going to run on Tuesdays, but I'll let you know for sure. Wow! I've sent out some emails to a couple good, of other good. brew shows too. There's a lot of beer shows out. Th- well, not a lot. There's a handful of, of, of homebrew shows out there or, or beer shows in general. We know there's one less now. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but podcasts and we're the only streaming radio station dedicated to beer. And, and I like that. I yeah. want to be a portal of, of that sense. But you there's a lot special. of other podcasts that do this. Thanks. And I'm not going to name any names because I think everyone's trying real hard and I'm glad they're all out there doing it. But I will say there's some real bad ones out there. Uh, in the sense of like it, you know, you get they sound like they're in their shower. They got so much echo going on. Uh, production's bad. Some of the cons. If you think I ramble on, man, tune into some of these guys. <laughs> these guys are rambling on about the 
what beer their grandma spilled. I don't know what's, what happens on these things. But well, there's what, some what out there. What beer did your grandma spill? Uh, <laughs> yeah. It wasn't mine. I don't, I don't even know if I have a grandma anymore. Or any beer. Uh, my point is, there's a lot of beer shows out there, and we're going to try to get them on the show, too. The, the ones that are good, we're going to put them on the Brewing Network also and air them during the week. Because we don't really feel in competition with these people. No. We'd rather them get more publicity. Yeah. So we're going to put them on the Brewing Network. Like I said, we won't handle anybody else's podcasts or archives, just the ones that are created here at the BN Studios. But uh, other than that, we're going to run them live so that hopefully, if you feel like tuning into something at any given time, you're going to find some beer programming right here on the Brewing That'd Network. That'd be awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we got that going. All beer all the time. Time. I think right. I'll put you guys as my favorites right. now. Hey, thanks, buddy. Yeah. Appreciate that. <laughs> it only took and three visits explore. on the show. Yeah. <laughs> and, no, and half through this show. <laughs> Morgan still owns a Commodore 64, by the way. It's I do. Like the yeah. oldest. It's, I used to have one of those. His yeah. computer's the size of his spare room. <laughs> 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 and uh, he's lucky he can download anything. Yeah. <laughs> uh, in order to to help that uh, you know short, sort of full schedule of beer programming, I'm also uh, trying to add some wine shows, and what I want to do is we're going to have Wine Wednesdays. Nice. There's also quite a bit of wine podcasts out there. Uh, we're going to work on developing our own show right here at the BN. We could, we're uh, going to have wine guests, too. And we're going to have wine guests. And so Wine Wednesdays, you'll be able to tune in and catch people talking about wine and how to homebrew it, how to purchase it, how to know what you're tasting, um, and kind of help everybody in, in the wine world. Mm-hmm. So we're going to do that on Wednesdays. That's coming up in January. Um I'm adding another show uh, myself with Jason Petros from Beer, Beer, and More Beer. He's been on the show a couple times. Funny guy, good brewer, knows what he's talking about in the homebrew sense, mm-hmm. and um, only half of a retard. He's, yeah, he's, well, three quarters. <laughs> you, you guys will make a whole retard. Yeah, we'll make, between us, we'll make a whole re- retard. <laughs> And uh, what we're doing is the Beer and Stuff Variety Show that's going to be coming at you lunchtime on Fridays. What does that consist so, of? So uh, it uh, basically me and, and Jason rambling on about absolutely nothing. Hmm. Oh, good. He's good. <laughs> no, here's what I've done. He's kind of sensitive, though. So. Uh, he is. Petros, yeah. that's all right. I like that. Uh, he ho- bounces back. Hopefully though. I can get him yeah. to cry. Strong men cry, too. If yeah. he cries, <laughs> it, to me, that's that's good radio. <laughs> so, uh, no, because it's, it's radio. <laughs> <laughs> here's what uh, here's what we're planning with that show. Um on this particular show, our Sunday live show, we've gotten uh, some complaints from people. Some people like it, some people don't, about getting to the point and, and cutting out top ten lists and other ramblings that we do. And so I've had to be a lot more concise about the content that I add on the You've show. You've gotten my emails and have then? To, I've gotten all the Morgan's emails, yeah. <laughs> uh, We have to kind of keep it more beer-related because people were getting tired of tuning in at five and not getting anything to do with beer until six, which by the way, is what's happening today. And, um, hey, we're making announcements. <laughs> but we're making yeah. announcements, so it's it's totally worthwhile. So what I'm doing is all that content that I've been editing out of this show for the last uh, couple months, I'm putting into another show. So, And that's how I'm going to label the thing for you guys. Tune in at your own risk. It's Don't tune in to learn anything significant about beer, although Petros will be there to answer you know homebrew questions that you got, and, and I'll be there to uh, pretend I can answer homebrew questions that you got. And uh, we're going to talk about beer more as a culture and kind of having fun around it and Good. you know if you look at our forum and and even the other forums beer guys are funny they are yeah. some funny people out there they got great sense of humors they're always posting things that don't have anything to do with beer but that might happen to be funny websites or funny commercials going on uh, they're posting pictures that are hilarious and there's this whole culture that's sort of around beer that's just as much fun as brewing if you ask me mm-hmm. and we're going to try to showcase that on on the beer and stuff variety show and be able to talk about these websites that people are posting and have some fun with that we're going to do some crazy interviews maybe try to get some conspiracy guys in here to make fun of that <laughs> that'd be awesome you know <laughs> <laughs> 
all about that. Yeah. These guys, um, you know, who want to like, who, who think that uh, I don't know that John's taking over the world or whatever I, other conspiracy theories. I am there trying to <laughs> slowly and quietly. Yeah, Daniela's Nazi theories, yeah. you know, yeah, things yeah. like that. Yeah. With conspiracies on the mind, uh, just be careful with Jason. If he touches you, like. In inappropriate fashions. Yeah. Like I said, he's just a very sensitive person. So <laughs> right. don't take it the wrong way. I have a couple times. He's in just it. experimenting. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a face. Yeah. It's, uh, it's a face. It's really just a face. Yeah. So don't worry about that. Him and but I. But he has great taste and style. So mm-hmm. we've fought before too. Physically? No. Well, yeah. Actually, yeah. can yeah. you describe that? You had a fist fight with Jason Petros? More like a wrestling match. Who won? Yeah. Yeah, because he's a headlock and a noogie's happening. Just, I used to hate the guy. Really? I really? hated him. Bitter hate, man. <laughs> what I, happened, though? Because you guys get along great now. Well, you know, Jason's grown up a lot in the mm-hmm. past. And, <laughs> you, uh, <laughs> you were fine all along. You were fine. fine all along. Have you sort of, like, fallen back a little <laughs> bit to, towards more elementary? Well, we, or? well, I think it's just, like, negative and negative energy. Uh-huh. They don't mix, you know? It's yeah. like, and we just we're just take out our frustrations yeah. on each other. And, <laughs> and doing any of that work was not a good idea. And it got to the point where our boss, um, Olin, actually said, all right, you too. Leave, go work it out, take care of your problems, and don't come back until you do. Really? There you yeah. Go. Good for him. Or you're both fired. And he actually yeah. contemplated about firing both of us. Really? really? Yeah. I think he should have. Yeah. I'm glad he did it. <laughs> I'm so glad he did it. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've had to tell people the same thing. You guys go work it out. I've, yeah. I've dealt with yeah. it enough. Yeah. If you can't work it out, you're both gone. Well, where you right. work, people could start stabbing each other with syringes <laughs> yeah, and yeah. stuff, Doc. Yeah. That could get ugly. You know what's funny is I've had to do the same thing at my work, and I work by myself. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's, it's pretty bizarre. Morgan? <laughs> yes, Morgan? You yeah. better settle down, buddy. <laughs> okay, Morgan. I end up taking myself to lunch a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Morgan, we have to talk. With a mirror in hand, it's like... Yeah. <laughs> nice. Morgan, you drink too much. No, I don't. But JP and I, we're, we're, great, we're friends and great buddies and stuff. Yeah. So. Good, good. I got to say... No one, no one, uh, Jason Petros. I gotta say, it's gonna be a good show. Yeah, it is. He's yeah. a funny guy. He's, he's I probably won't listen to so that sharp. one either. <laughs> he's got good ideas. So that's what we're doing. So all this, uh, you know, sort of trimming the fat off of this show that we're doing, yeah. we're gonna. Uh, the other show is going to be full of fat. So uh, tune in at your own risk. It's a short one. It's going to be a one-hour show. It's going to go from 12 to 1 on Fridays. So, you know, you're going to be at, you're going to be at work. You're tired a, of working. That's a good slot. That's what I think. Yeah. Who yeah. start who works anymore it's like on Fridays? Time on noon? TV. That's what I'm yeah. thinking. You know, you're just you're either at lunch or just getting back it's and you're like It's soap operas for brewers. Yeah, yeah. That's what we're working on. Yep. We'll have a little drama. Yeah, we will. <laughs> that's awesome. Especially uh, you need to get Jonathan is a guest a bunch. You yeah, know. we'll do so. Get that the we drama. Can, get the know, wrestling we'll, matches yeah, going. The wrestling matches yeah. in studio. <laughs> we'll have two people crying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. All right. Uh, are you ready for our biggest announcement? Uh, and, and this one has to do, this one is coming. It's going to start in January. It's going to go all through January, and it's going to happen in February. Are you guys ready for this? This I'm really happy about because mm-hmm. it's a good service to our listeners out mm-hmm. there. Northern Brewer which is another one of the, these big homebrew supply companies located in the Midwest. Um, could be considered a beer, beer, and more beers uh, main rival, yeah. although we yeah. don't care about any rivalries here. They're both good companies. They work with each other, and uh, they're both willing to work with us. Mm-hmm. Northern Brewer has donated, as our official sponsor for January, has donated a full kegging system for us to give away to one lucky listener in February. Yes. Well, that better and be a good contest. It is. Uh, it, it's got all the CO2 system that you need, the hoses, the tank. 
keg. The keg. Regulator. The regulator. The whole bit. All you need is the kegerator. You need the fridge. Yeah, refrigerator. That's it. You got to have the fridge. You can convert one. We'll even post on our site how to do it for yeah. you. Um, this is over a $200 value, folks. Yeah. We've had actually callers call in here and say, listen, I don't like to bottle. What do you guys recommend? We tell them you got a keg. They say I can't afford it. My brew dollars are too are too limited, and so were mine for a long time. Um, we're giving away a full kegging system, courtesy of Northern Brewer. Yeah, coming it's in the February. Brewing Network. I'm tired of bottling giveaway. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what like I did. Uh, by the way, we we just hired Morgan today in our marketing. Department. Yes, <laughs> he's good. <laughs> I'm going to speak with a much lower, sexy voice on the commercials, yeah. but uh, you guys got a good preview. Going there. to yeah. a, a needy brewer. <laughs> that's there. right. A full kegging system going away to one needy brewer. And what we're going to do, I will give you full details very soon yes. uh, in the first week of January when we do our show. Uh, actually, it might but be the second Let's week. thank Chris uh, at Northern Brewer. Yes, absolutely. Appreciate um, it. I just, got, I, I just got their catalog. It's nice. Uh, I was... I'm just looking at the grains page. Yeah. Oh, the photos? Uh, all the photos and, the yeah. gra- and all the different grains that they carry. Yeah. My mouth is watering. <laughs> oh, a I, great, great. Oh, thing. my God. Yeah. Oh, I want to I try that malt. I yeah. want to try that malt. And I, I was just going crazy mm-hmm. on that one. Northernbrewer.com. Yep, and they've donated great. a full kegging system. And I'll give you the full details, like I said. But basically, here's how it's going to work. We're going to register uh, probably two listeners for each of the three shows that we do in January. Because we, uh, we start a week in. Uh, so we got three shows. We're going to register two users. You're going to have to listen live. you got to tune in. I'll tell you how you're going to get registered. It's going to be sort of a competition. Uh, there'll be six of you, I think, in the running. We might be able to extend it to eight. We're still working out the details of how we're going to do the contest. But at the end of a four-week run, on the fifth week, which should be the second week in February, one lucky listener will win a full kegging system courtesy of Northern Brewer. Is anyone eligible to play? Uh, anyone not, not except you. for uh, families of uh, uh, and, and relatives of employees at the Brewing Network. Okay. And since I'm actually the only employee, John, it will be actually you'll be an employee by January because your name is going to be on the deal too by January. So John awesome. won't be eligible either. Anybody in his family? Yeah, I'm uh, just a guest. Uh, yeah. But no matter where they no. come from, UK, uh, Australia, Japan, they can all play. Everybody yes, is everybody. eligible. That's awesome. Yeah. Everybody. That's right. Absolutely. I think I'm going to have to start listening. Tell your friends. Wake the neighbors. I will suggest this. I, I will ask this as a courtesy. If you already have a kegging system, please don't try to yeah. uh, to win it because there's really a lot there's of brewers out there that are stuck bottling. In fact, I had one on the, on the blues show today, and he was saying, you know. <laughs> he was singing, singing the blues. He was singing the blues. <laughs> He's like, I'm bottling, and it sucks. <laughs> it is a three-hour process. Yeah. Well, I, I used to put it off, too. I should be, oh, so I should be I. bottling today. Damn, I'm not looking you forward to that. Yeah. But if I don't do that, I'm not going to have a beer. Yeah. Okay. I got to cut this short because we're it's almost Charlie time. We just got a couple minutes. I'm going to take a quick break. So uh, we're giving away a full kegging system. Don't worry. It's not the last time I'll mention it. We will be mentioning it throughout the show. And um, uh, I'll remind you guys again. The only other quick uh, update I want to give, which is actually a pretty important one too, the Brewing Network will have a new website up coming in January. Nice. A complete new website that's more concise, gives you a lot more information, some new features on it. Doc is going to do a gadget uh, forum on there where, where each yeah. month he's going to evaluate and talk to you about a new gadget. that will Pictures and everything. Pictures. If it's, a, if it's home brewer built, he's going to tell you how to build it. He's going to give you all the supplies. 
if it's one that's been sent in by a company to us, he's going to describe it. He's going to use it himself. He's going to tell. He's going to give it a rating. The whole kind of bit. Yeah, we're going to tear it apart and and see if it's worth it. Yeah. Can we call it the man candy corner? <laughs> man candy corner. <laughs> Why not? It is kind of man candy to have beer gadgets. Yes, it is. <laughs> You're my hero, Doc. So there you go. I will continue with our announcements uh, later in the show. we got to take a quick break. We'll be right back with, with the godfather of homebrewing, the <gasps> brew father, Charlie Papazian, right here on the Brewing Network. We'll be right back in about two minutes. You're listening to Three Guys... Excuse me, what about me? Yeah, sorry. You're listening to three guys and one girl use a radio show as an excuse to drink more beer. The Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. All right, folks. You're tuned into the Brewing Network. And we're drinking his beer. Mm Mm-hmm. We've, did you guys already start? I didn't even get him on the phone yet. You're already drinking the man's beer? <laughs> Charlie Papazian's on the line with us. Charlie, are you there? I'm here, and I'm drinking my beer, too. Oh, wonderful. All right. That's good. That's what you should be doing. Have you uh, been tuned into the show, Charlie, I'm wondering? No, I haven't been, because uh, where I live, I can't uh, do simultaneous interview and be on the line. Oh, okay. Well, that's good, because we all we did was make fun of you the whole first hour. <laughs> We're kidding. No, not at all, Charlie. Um, hey, uh, uh, let me introduce Actually, you myself. Pro- you probably would have been blushing because <laughs> <laughs> since you've not tuned in, my name is Justin, and in the studio with me we have, of course, John, who have you spoken to, and uh, Morgan from EJ Fair. He's Very hanging nice out with us, you. and of course, Doctor Scott. They're all in the studio and happy to talk to you. And Glad you're with us. You met Daniela, who uh, who called you up, and and she's going to give us all the questions we got for you from the chat room. There's a few. A few questions. People have got some things to ask of you, and, and as do we. And, uh, yeah, just thanks for being on the show. Uh, why don't we start, Charlie? Uh, people know you, by the way, and, and maybe I should play a little music for you, because so, I'm not sure if you know, although I don't see how you couldn't, but... Uh, people know you as the godfather of homebrewing, Charlie. <laughs> and uh, I don't know what it is that you've done for this community, but it has exploded... Since you became the man in homebrewing, Charlie. He's the man. <laughs> uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about how you got started in, in the whole homebrew thing and, and when exactly that was, if you would. Well, that's easy to recall. I was drinking, I was drinking uh, the most inexpensive beer I could find when I was going to the University of Virginia back in the or late, late 60s, early 70s. And uh, someone turned me on to homebrew. And I tasted it, and I said two things. I remember them clearly. I said, wow, I didn't know you could make beer at home. And the second one was, wow, this tastes good. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's the same reaction everybody, a lot of people have had when I've told they've tasted my beer. Yeah. So, um, and, uh, you know, I got a recipe. I brewed a couple of batches. The first two batches went down the drain because I didn't quite have it right and in those days you got to remember that you know access to good good brewing equi- well good beer ingredients was far and few between if at all and uh i was doing the best what i best that i could with supermarket malt and after uh, the, the third batch i got it right right enough that my 
roommates and my college buddies love the stuff. Right. And uh, I turned on a lot of people to home brewing, and I moved, then I moved out to Colorado in 72, and people found out I knew how to make beer, and I started teaching classes, and uh-huh. I taught about over a thousand people in uh, where were you teaching? The 70s and early 80s here in Boulder, Colorado, where I live now. And uh, from there, I started the Home Brewers, American Home Brewers Association and uh, a lot of other stuff. <laughs> and, I still, and, I, and I still brew beer. Well, you, well you, had mentioned, you had mentioned early on about, and it always intrigued me, is the ingredients way back when. Hello. And how, how did you get that? Can you hear us, Charlie? Right off. Hello? Can you hear me, Charlie? Hello. Yeah, I'm here. Okay. No, <laughs> what I was asking was, uh, you had mentioned early on about uh, how hard it was to get good brewing ingredients, and that always intrigued me. Is where did you get these, and what was it? Oh, uh, those the ingredients. The first ingredients I got in the supermarket was blue ribbon malt extract, and the beer was tolerable. <laughs> you know, many many years later, after my brewing skills improved, um. I used that extract and made some darn good beer with it. Nice. I didn't have the skill set to uh, make good beer with it in the early days. Yeah. Then I uh, then I discovered, you know, in those days there were uh, there was a franchise chain of stores called Wine Art, and uh, they couldn't say Beer Art because you know home brewing was still illegal then. Mm-hmm. It wasn't legal until 1979. So uh, they they Wine Art sold brewing supplies, and I I was. Uh, I discovered them, and I began to buy uh, malt extract that was intended to make beer, and uh, some beer yeast, and some corn sugar instead of cane sugar, and uh, you know I, I was making dump and stir beer. Nice. Uh, in those days. That, that's what I make still, Charlie. Yeah. It's the same thing. We're trying to get him to change. <laughs> I think I have a little batch of uh, Paps malt extract around here, even. Yeah, <laughs> the same kind of stuff. <laughs> Hey Charlie, what did you do before uh, you got into this brewing thing in the seventies? What uh, did you did you have a real job ever? You can't hear me at all, can you, Charlie? <laughs> Charlie, you there, buddy? I'm here. Okay. <laughs> Are we having technical difficulties? Or uh, yeah, I think so. I think I must be. <laughs> what I'm curious about is uh, if you what you did before you got into the brewing thing. Did you have a real job ever? Well, I. Uh I had a degree in nuclear engineering, but I drank too much homebrew, and nuclear became unclear. (laughs) And uh, I ended up uh, coming to Colorado and uh, teaching grade school for eight years before I went 100% association beer work. Okay. All right. When did the AHA exactly start? What year was that? Charlie, when did the AHA actually start? What year was that? Our anniversary was uh, last week, December 7th, 1978, was the the date that we drove to the printer and picked up a couple of thousand copies of the first issue of Zymergy Magazine, and that was, I guess I would consider the birthday of the American Home Brewers Association. So... uh, a day that will live in infamy. It will, yeah. Wow. 1978 to 2006, that's 28 years old. Holy cow! Congratulations, twenty-eight years old on the on the AHA and Zymergy magazine as well. I didn't realize that even that the magazine had been along for uh, around for that long. Yeah. Yep. Okay. 
Very nice. Sure has, and it's it's gone through a lot of evolutions, a lot of great stories. I've met a lot of great people, and you, you know, you go through some of those back issues, you'll probably uh, discover that there are a lot of professional brewers out there right now. They got their start um, home brewing, and yeah. written articles for Zymergy magazine over the years. Now, actually, you know, in you mentioning professional brewers, kind of getting their start from that, Morgan. From EJ Fair here. In fact, one of the reasons he wanted to come hang in the studio with us, and, and we're happy to have him. Um, Morgan, you consider Charlie and, and some of his work to be kind of one of the things that influenced you as a brewer too, don't you? Yeah, you know, definitely. I mean, I have a couple things to say. One is uh, tasting this. Uh, it's a lager, of course. I don't know what type of lager it is. You should say it on the bottle, John. What, uh, which, what is it? We're drinking Bo- your it beer. It's one of his beers. Bohemian German style pills. So. Bohemian German style pills of yours. Excellent. Okay. But. Uh, I've got uh, two people to thank for where I am right now, um, and they both relate to you, actually. I have a neighbor who gave me your book um, for my 18th birthday. Oh, yeah? And uh, in it, he had highlighted in your preface, it had said that at age of 18, you can brew here in the in the States. So um, he was conveniently going down to the homebrew supply company that day on my 18th birthday, so I went down and started brewing, and I've I've read every one of your books except for your new one now. I, I haven't had a chance to look at it yet, but it's definitely on my list of books to read. But uh, definitely been a staunch supporter of, of what you've written. I mean, I, I understand a lot of it was written before they had all the different malts available to, to home brewers and whatnot, but definitely very well written, and it makes it to where an 18-year-old kid or a 21-year-old kid or a... 50-year-old kid can really get into the idea of homebrewing, and I appreciate that. Oh, you're welcome. You know, I've heard a lot of good things about your beer from people around the country, and uh, I guess you won a beer, uh, medal or two at the beer Fe- Great American Beer Festival this year. Is that right? Yeah, you know, I've won a few of them there. Uh, this, yeah. this, last, this, this last event, uh, the Schwartz Beer and also English Strong took a medal in each of those, but... Uh, I was actually hoping to be able to get some beer out to D.C. for you this last week, but uh, shipping just didn't allow that. Uh, yeah, well, so. I was looking for it. <laughs> yeah, I was trying. I was trying. But uh, apparently, um, if you don't mark your beer as a live yeast sample, sometimes they actually do check it, and they'll send it back to you as undeliverable. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Well, we'll have to figure that one out. We'll figure that one out. If I can get some address, I'll, I'll take a couple stabs at it, whatever it takes to get to you. You might have yeah, to... Well, you know, you're not, you're not the first person that has told me that they uh, uh, started their, their home brewing, interest in home brewing in their teen teenage years. Sure. Uh, you know, the, my book, uh, you mentioned, you know, you, you may have an older edition, but the Joy Complete Joy Home Brewing was... I updated that and revised that a couple of years ago, so that should be pretty up to date with uh, all the current ingredients and malts and hops. And Definitely, I think I had one of the and, first uh, the microbrewed adventures, which is this my latest book that you mentioned. Uh, I guess we might be talking about that a little bit more late, a little bit later in the show, but that was a fun book to re- to write. Definitely, yeah. I can't wait to hear about it. Yeah, the book that I had was. Was the my neighbor's first issue that he had, so it was a very old copy, and it was. Uh, I still have it, actually. Yeah. Yeah, great book. We are going to talk about that. Let's just mention the name again right now. It's the the um, 
Microbrewed Adventures is Charlie Papazian's new book, and you can find uh, you, we got a picture of the cover of it um, right on our website. Charlie, where can that book be found if people want to yeah, purchase I mean, it? Certainly on Amazon.com. Um, you know, ho- hopefully your local homebrew store. If not, um, you know, Borders, Barnes and Nobles, your local bookstore, and of course you can get it at um, our association's website, uh, www.beertown.org. Okay. And if you send a little note. For me to sign it, I'll be happy to do that. When oh, you, that's when you cool. Order it through Beer Town. I actually called. Uh, I actually just called the Beer Town uh, site the other day, uh, uh, the phone number, and uh-huh. you can you can get right to Charlie. He's not this uh, mythical being that you can't find. <laughs> you punch in his extension. It's really weird how this works. You punch in his extension. It goes to his telephone. He picks it up and he answers it. It's, yeah, you it's know, actually, <laughs> I've never been one to be. Unlisted. Yeah, even my phone number here in Boulder is unlisted. So if you wanted to do a an internet search in the uh, telephone directory, I'm there. You could find it. That's great. Uh, that uh, you can, you know, because you got the people who are writing books that like has sold. I mean, Charlie sold over half, over half a million copies of his of his first book. Wow! And uh, to that's be amazing. able to uh, uh, just get a hold of people like that, that's great. And that's a it's a good thing for the homebrew community. Uh, Charlie, what I wanted to ask you about, and, and Morgan mentioned, you know, trying to get some beer to you guys to to Washington D.C. One of the things that you've always done, and that you do in the AHA now as well. Um, you know, through Beer Town and Zymergy, is you lobby for for home for for beer in general, craft beer, and and certainly home brewing, and 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 getting it to be a you know obviously you got it to be a legal thing a long time ago, and um, just this past week you guys had a a, a beer tasting right on Capitol Hill just yeah. to just to raise awareness for for microbrewing. Could you tell us a little about that? Yeah, we were right across the street from the Capitol and uh, Rayburn uh, Building, and we did a. A tasting with the with the National Beer Wholesalers Association, who co-hosted the event with us. We had over fifteen different craft brewers represented on the floor, and we uh, had a tasting for the congressional uh, staffers of the senators and the House of you know the representatives, and uh, a lot of their hard work. And they you know it was five thirty beer drinking time, and we nice. had about five four five hundred people show up and. They loved it. They really appreciated, uh, especially that they, that we were we had all these great craft beers from West Coast and the East Coast. Some of the beers you could get in Washington D.C., but uh, some of them we had from the West Coast as well. Nothing better than just a, a group of drunken politicians, if you ask me. <laughs> I agree. You know, I mean, it would be might be a little bit better off. <laughs> yeah. drink a little bit more craft beer. That's yeah. right. Um, I'm, I'm thinking if you wanted to get anything done uh, around here, uh, you, you, the best way to do it is over over a beer. So I think yeah. you, you got the right idea. Talking about just, yeah. just greasing the that. wheels. Yeah. yeah, Charlie, could you imagine a United States where the politicians were homebrewers like they were when they were the founding fathers? Oh, it would be great. You know, yeah. there's a history of, we had a, a representative from Colorado uh, about 10 years ago. He was a home brewer. And nice. there's a representative from Oregon who's still uh, in the House of Representatives. His name is uh, DeFazio, and he is still a home brewer. And he was there. I didn't get to get to get close to him because there was a lot of people there. But uh, next time I will. And uh, he was waxing about his... Um, his home brew, and he threatened to make maybe even brew a batch for the next nice. tasting we do next year. Defazio, I'll have to remember that. Write him, see if he'll send me some samples. <laughs> right. 
Uh, just a heads up to you guys in the studio, uh, and, and to you also, Charlie. Uh, you can't talk at the same time. The way I've just figured out the way our phone system is working, Charlie can't hear us when we're talking back to him. So just so you all know. If you okay. got any comments after his comments, wait till I punch the volume back up for the poor guy. <laughs> I think we've said like good four things to you, Charlie, that uh, just went out into the out into the air that never got heard. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, you know, in the, be- in the beginning we were having that problem, but I think I'm hearing all of you, all of you okay now. So okay. maybe somebody has some uh, been plugging the right plugs into the in the outlet. There you go. <laughs> on if- the circuit board. If there's one thing I can do, Charlie, it's plug the right things in the right places, and that's that's about. You know, with a glass of beer in your hand, you can do anything. Yeah, <laughs> relax, I, have I a homebrew. Yeah, there you uh, go. I got some. Uh, I've got some questions lined up from the homebrewers here for you. Uh, just before we do that, though, I wanted to to bring something to your attention, which you probably know about anyway. I think you're you're pretty. Uh, you got your ear to the ground in the in the homebrew biz. But a lot of the things I notice on forums, um, our forum, the uh, Beer, Beer, and More Beer Forum, is people asking why they should join an organization like the AHA, what you guys do for the homebrew community, and, uh, you know, kind of where their, where their, their joining goes. And, and, and maybe you could, you know, being the president, uh, kind of tell us what it is that you guys do for homebrewers in general and why they should join an organization like that. You know, as I mentioned earlier, uh, I founded the American Home Brewers in 1978, and in those days it was not legal. It was it was it became legal in '79, and we, you know, I can talk about all the things that we've done in the past. We've helped legalize home brewing in many states. You know, the people on the ground in each state really had a, had the hand in it, but we were we were right behind them. We we certainly helped legalize uh, brew pubs uh, in in most states. Uh, there are a lot of things that we've done in the past to just really improve homebrewers' access to great ingredients and great equipment. You know, in those days, we were the only magazine, and there was no Internet. Mm. And uh, we were about 24,000 strong back in the early 90s. Uh, but that's all in the past. And, you know, what's in it for people now? Why should they join? Well, there's, you know, our magazine, Zymergy Magazine. We have a, a, a forum that goes out every day. It's called the uh, American AHA Tech Talk Homebrewers Email Forum, and there's over 6,000 of our members that get that every day, and you can post a whole lot, you know, questions, comments, news on there and get, get answers to your questions. Um, you know, you, you can get discounts if you're ever interested in get going to the best beer festival in the country, or one of the best beer festivals, I like to think it's the best, hmm. the Great American Beer Festival in Denver, Colorado, you know, you can get discounts, that, we have a pub discount program, your membership card will get you anywhere from 10, 15, um, as much as 20% discount on food and beer, hell, that, you know, that that can, alone can pay for your $38 membership, uh, we also have, you know, we have a national conference, a national competition, we have a website called beertown.org. Um, you know, all the, all those things, you know, our members, by joining, support those activities and make sure that home brewing is front and center when it needs to be so that we can continue to have, uh, the, maintain our privilege to responsibly enjoy good beer and make our own beer. Uh, one of the things that I'm finding home brewers are really, a lot of homebrewers, not everybody, but a lot of homebrewers are pretty enthusiastic about it, is supporting their local 
microbreweries or brew pubs or craft breweries. And uh, we've had a couple of legislative threats in a few a few states where where we've called upon our home brewers to write letters to their um, congressional representatives uh, or you know state representatives to uh, fight these bills that uh, are popping up every once in a while that really really will limit beer drinkers access to great beer mm. so you know that's just the tip of the iceberg you know if you ever if you get, we're going to have our national home brewers conference uh, in 2006 in Orlando Florida about the middle of June we just had our national conference this year um, it was a really smashing success in not smashed, smashing success. <laughs> Maybe both. Baltimore, Maryland. And uh, we, uh, we've we even had a few conferences, our craft brewing conference on the West Coast, Portland, Ma- Portland, Oregon, San Diego, um, in your neck of the woods. So we, we get around, and uh, we also have a lot of breweries that support the American Home Brewers Association that put together parties, rallies, we call them, AHA rallies, member rallies, for our members to come to their breweries and sample special beers and food free of charge as long as you're a member. So there's a lot of stuff going on. I've just tipped, just kind of uh, you know, sipped the foam off the top of the beer right there. <laughs> right. Nice. So beertown.org, and you can get a lot more information about that. Uh, but that's uh, right from the horse's mouth, so to speak, if you're wondering what the AHA does. And, uh, and that's Charlie letting you know. There's a lot of info on that website. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, you could spend a day on that whole website looking around and seeing what's what. Yeah. Well, they have they have listings of homebrew clubs, microbrews. Competitions. Yeah. Comp- I, I go there about once a week just looking for the yeah. competition schedule and yeah. see what's up. I don't, think, I don't think we're listed on there, Charlie. Yeah. <laughs> well, you should be. Yeah, I agree. It's, it seems to be my memory anyway. Uh, it seems like the AHA has kind of teamed up a little bit with the professional brewers as of late, with uh, AO, with uh, AOB. AOB. What What is the purpose behind that? Yeah, we we merged with another association, the Association of Brewers, of which you know I founded back in '78. Mm-hmm. Um, we merged with another association called the Brewers Association of America. Uh, as of January 1st of, of this year, and uh, we're now called the Brewers Association. And essentially, it was a little, it was a restructuring of the organization in that uh, now we have board members that are mostly brewers, and but also uh, represent the representatives from the home brewing community on the board of directors now as well. Nice. So we're doing a lot of the most of the same stuff we've always done as the AHA and the Association of Brewers. Uh, plus, we're doing a lot more government affairs activities, making sure that home brewers and professional brewers don't get regulated out of uh, their right to brew and, and beer drinkers don't get legislated out of being able to get their favorite beer, which, boy, you wouldn't believe what, what you know, that's that's a pretty serious threat. Sure, sure. I, you know, I think that... A lot, and we're, we're there on the front lines to help prevent that kind of thing from happening. So... You know, a lot of the same things we've always done, plus some government affairs work. I think that's a great idea. You know, I think that you'll be hard-pressed to find a brewer that's out there brewing professionally that didn't have his roots or her roots in uh, home brewing. Yeah, you know, I want to mention that, you know, you mentioned about 
asked me about the American Home Brewers Association, and, and a lot of people just think it's the you know getting the magazine, the subscription to the magazine. But as you know, we've been, we've just been talking about it. You know, we're part of the a bigger organization of craft brewers, and home brewers, and beer enthusiasts, and it's a community. You know, you join the American Home Brewers Association. You don't just get a magazine. You join a community of a whole of tens of thousands of people that really enjoy sharing their information. Sure, so, I think I think that's, brewing that's, enthusiasts kind of sums that up. Yeah, I think so. You guys, I sent you some of my beers. Did they survive? Because you know, I told you that I, <laughs> I, uh, I don't usually bottle my beers. So what I did was I just basically uh, tapped right into the bottle and capped it up. So it's probably low on carbonation and well and foam. And I am hoping it survives the, the trip out there. Well, I'll tell you that the, we're just opening the second one now. We've already opened your Bohemian German style pills and. Uh, it very much did survive. It was uh, fully carbonated. In fact, um, uh, I, I could watch it bubble at the top. Good head retention at the top still. And uh, really a clean, crisp flavor on that guy. Very clean beer. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of my beers that I make, I, I do make extreme and interesting beers, as you know from my books. Yeah. But, uh, you know, everyday drinking beers is what I had on hand pretty much. So that's what I sent you. These are the beers... That I, uh, you know, I have with dinner or watching a football game or, you know, poor pictures of when my friends come over. So <laughs> that, that, that was one. Up next. That was one of the things I wanted to ask you. What kind of? What's your favorite beer? What do you? What do you seem to gravitate to? You know, a lot of guys are hop heads. Uh, a lot of guys like yellow beer. Uh, just kind of wondering, you know, what's. What's your point in this thing? And actually, uh, Travis from Mount Vernon, Ohio, has the same question, wanting to know uh, how much you brew, and also, you know, what are your favorite kind of beers like that? Well, my favorite beer in the world is the one I have in my hand, <laughs> always. And you know, I uh oh, I go. Oh, there you go. From one extreme to another, I am a hop head, but. And I appreciate some of those extreme beers that have tons of hops in it. A lot of them brew down in your area, um, where the studios are. Yeah. But, uh, you know, everyday drinking beer, I go for the pale ales and the ordinary bitters, usually lower alcohol than higher alcohol, because then, then I can have two or three rather than just have one and uh, get on <laughs> with the rest of the evening or the afternoon. And, Attaboy. Uh, I'll brew lagers as well as ales. You know, the Pilsner that you had is, uh, it's, uh, oh, I can tell you exactly what it is. It's a um, 4.7% beer lager that I made with German Pils malt, honey malt. You know, uh, I don't do decoction mashes. I do uh, step infusion mashes. And, you know, there's some flavors that uh, many people think that are, are that, are formed when you do decoction mashes. And uh, I rather than do go through the long process of decoction mashes, I've discovered that if you use certain kinds of malt, aromatic malts and honey malts, things like that, you can get some of that character that uh, that are developed in those long uh, brewing processes. So I'm, uh, and, and a lot of my beers are delicately hopped. You know, they might be 25 to, to 40 bittering units, but... They're, they're they're very specifically balanced with the malt character. That's 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 my general theme. 
Then I'll go overboard with an IPA and dump a pound of <laughs> nice. freshly picked Cascade hops out, out of my garden, you know, and, and I'll love it. And uh, luck, Luckily, my wife, uh, Sandra, who is originally from Brazil, loves IPAs. So we get along great when it comes to deciding what beer to drink for dinner. You know, there's a rumor, Charlie, that you went to Brazil on, a, on an AHA convention and, and you came home with a wife. Is that uh, is that pretty much how it worked? Well, half of it's true. I went to Brazil, but it was on a vacation. Okay. And uh, yeah, I wish, I wish there were home brewers down there. Actually, I've met home brewers in Argentina on another vacation I took down there. But uh, yeah, I went down there in 1993, and uh, by 97 she came up here, decided that she wanted to drink my beer for the rest of her life. So. <laughs> That's great. That's great. I did the same, except for. Uh, my girlfriend came from Germany and and refuses to leave. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> she refuses to drink drink your beer too. Huh? Yeah, it's a good thing. <laughs> it is a good thing. I got some questions from people in the chat room for you, Charlie, and and some of them are, are they're all kind of random topics. Are you ready to field some of those? Sure. Okay. Um, how about a quick one about uh, you know how you guys have lob- uh, lobbied for home brewing? Someone wants to know if the AHA will ever try to get home distilling legalized. You know, there are very few parts of the world where home distilling is legal. There's, I know a guy who, who uh, was able to lobby and get laws passed in uh, the Netherlands, in Holland. He lives just outside of Am- or south of Amsterdam, and uh, he got it. He got it legalized in the Netherlands. But you can get away with a lot of things. <laughs> you can do a lot of things in it. In the Netherlands, I, I don't think <laughs> getting involved. Yeah. I'm okay. pretty, I'm quite certain, at least in the foreseeable future, we're not going to be getting involved in uh, trying to legalize home distilling. Um, you know, it's a pretty simple process, but it can be dangerous. Obviously, uh, you know, yeah, it can be, you get the wrong kinds of alcohol. It, it just takes one guy to lose an eye. Yeah. yeah it's, uh, it's an art and, you, and a science. You need to understand what you're doing even more so because you're drinking concentrated alcohol yeah. rather mm-hmm. than diluted alcohol, which you would do right. beer. And uh, you really got to know what you're doing. And, well, that's not a direction we're going. Well, <laughs> <Okay. laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's fair enough, and that's probably I rightly so. But the good stuff every once in a while. Okay, so does Doc. Doc, uh, quote unquote. Distills at his house. No, uh, it's it's only for my farm equipment. <laughs> it's for his farm equipment. He says water. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, hey, how about uh, your 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 book for a second and uh, your your new book, which is Micro Brewed Adventures. Oops, I lost you. Nope. Hang on. Are you there? I'm here now. Okay. You your new book, which is Micro Brewed Adventures. Um, you sent us a copy, and and John's been reading it because he's the yeah. only one of us that knows how to read. <laughs> And uh, one of our listeners wants to know, and I'm and I'm wondering if John can chime in about what he likes about your book too. But um, how's the new book different from your old book? Oh, well, question. the new book, Microbrewed Adventures, is uh, a collection of sixty about sixty stories, essays of my adventures over the last thirty years. So it's uh, two thirds of the book are are my are the are the stories and experiences I've had with. Brewers and beer people all over the world. Half of which, half the stories are from the United States, and half are other parts of the world. And then, as you've noted, if you've skimmed the book, there are recipes that uh, thematically fit with each 
with each story that I have in the back of the book. And maybe it was a beer I enjoy. Maybe it was a a beer brew, special beer brewed by a brewer that I that I talked to, or uh, maybe the beer just captures the flavor of the experience that I had. But mm. uh, there's some pretty good recipes in there. Um, new ones. They're all. Well, there's a few ones that maybe some people have seen in Zarmaji before, but the stories are uh, mostly uh, never before published. Some of them have been, but most of them have not. Uh, stories of my adventures with beer and brewers the world over. Okay. All right. That sounds pretty good, John. You've been reading it. Uh, what do you think so far? Well, I think it's great. I find the most interesting part is, is international experiences, Yeah. Uh, particularly uh, Fiji. And <laughs> and is your homebrew that you drank in two days with the guy Johnny? Yeah. If you would, I would like to kind of hear more about that experience drinking oh. straight from the fermenter. Johnny Vabula. Well, that was in 1978. That was the year before I started the Home Brewers Association, and uh, it was my first time out of the country. And I had traveled to uh, to the island of Bali and ended up with about after spending four or five weeks there. You see, this is my school teaching days. Um, so I had the summer off. And uh, nice. I ended up spending five weeks in Fiji. And about 12 of those days, I decided to go to the Lao group of islands, which is the far is a group of islands in Fiji that are far to the east. When I went out there, I discovered, um, not unpredictably, that there are no hotels. But I was going out there. I was young and adventurous. I was just wanted to see what would happen. So I flew out there, landed in. Uh, the Fijian people were very friendly and uh, said, where are you staying? And I said, well, I don't know. And they said, well, you're staying. You can stay with our families, basically. And That's I got great. to know uh, uh, the village people, drank kava kava with the uh, with the prime minister of Fiji, who was, who actually... Um, that's the island and the village where he was from, and he happened to be there on a vacation when I was there. And wow. Got friends with the Methodist minister and the Catholic priest and Johnny <laughs> Babula. Is this a joke? And his family of 12. What is Kaba Kaba? Kaba Kaba. Along the beach. And uh, as I say in the story, you know, I said, uh, I got to talking about homebrew, and he said, homebrew? We were like homebrew, we'll have it tomorrow. And I said, well, why can't we have it today? And he said, well, we got to make it today. <laughs> we'll be ready tomorrow. <laughs> then I was, uh, well, I, didn't, you know, I didn't know what to expect, but uh, it was homebrew. It was made from the cassava, root of the cassava plant or tapioca plant with lots of sugar and lots of yeast. Okay. And it was bubbling away the next morning, and mm. we were dipping in it with our uh, ladles and... Uh, as Johnny said, we were going to drink cowboy style. She says in his book. Very awesome. nice. Okay. So Microbrewed Adventures, which is uh, Charlie's new book, a uh, lot of discussion about uh, kind of where he's been over the last, you know, 30 years and, and who he's drank with. And then I guess, like Charlie just said, some recipes to coincide with that, as, as you can usually expect out of a good yeah. Papazian book, some uh, good homebrew recipes. Uh, how about this? A dogger from Ontario, Canada wants to know, Charlie, he wrote this in earlier. If you had to write them again, your, your older books, would you be so casual given today's ingredients and toys that are available to homebrewers? Yes, I would. Because I still brew. That was a question that you asked me earlier. I didn't answer it. I still brew. I, I think this year I'll probably be brew about 18 or 19 times this year. Nice. And I still pull off 
the simplest of pieces of equipment. I use siphon hoses. I use a 10-gallon pot for my all-grain beers, which I wrap towels around, and uh, put it on the stove top. I uh, ferment in glass fermenters. I use a bottle capper, and I use the, you know, the five-gallon corny kegs for, for draft beer. But it's pretty simple. I use my charismatic wooden spoon. I know there's a lot of good stuff out there, a lot of great, sophisticated equipment. But, you know, I've met a lot of home brewers that aren't home brewing anymore because they got so sophisticated and so technical that it was it was too much of a big deal to brew beer. So mm. they said, well, I'll just buy great beer. Sure. They're not <laughs> brewing it much. Yeah, that makes sense, too. We have a guy in here comes on our show doing his own show too his name's jameel and uh he can be real technical about how to brew too and and get into all these things that you can do but then in the end he says you know what just pour a bunch of sugar and water together and ferment it if you have to and it's still beer like you don't have to be so complicated yeah you know i uh i brew both malt extract recipes and all grain recipes uh depending on uh my, what my needs are and you know after the beer is brewed and in the keg and I'm serving it to friends yeah. I find I have to look up the recipe to remember whether it was all all grain or extract because I can't tell the difference except that I know I had a lot more fun brewing with all grain because it took longer and I love I love the process of brewing beer yeah. I like it to take four or five hours absolutely little little you know it's, it's, uh, it's like putting the love into your product you can taste the difference at the end yeah, that's that's the one of the themes of my book, The Microbrewed Adventures, is that this, you know, good beer is about the people who make it and their passion for uh, making beer for not only themselves but especially for others. You know, for craft brewers, it's their customers and um, they, you know, the uh, the special beers that are made. You know, it's, it's their way of saying thank you to their to their loyal beer drinking customers and. Yeah, um, you're right. So that passion and creativity that's made America such a great beer drinking country, the best in the world. I think that should be our motto: America, a great beer drinking country. <laughs> <laughs> that should just be. I like, I like that. it. That should yeah. be what we go yeah. by. I pledge allegiance <laughs> to, to America, the beer a of great the United beer. States of America. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, Charlie. Say, I pledge ale. <laughs> yeah, I pledge law. Yeah, I, I I I pledge allegiance exactly. <laughs> Go ahead, John. You got a question for Charlie? Well, you can talk about the love of beer and brewing. Um, I was curious if you could share about that guy in Italy, uh, Teo Musso, I believe. Yeah, Teo. Yeah. And what he does with his fermentation process. <laughs> he is a character. He makes great beers. He wasn't a brewer, you know. About eight or nine years ago, he got into. He developed his interest. He went to the UK. He went to and he apprenticed in Belgium. He studied German brewing techniques. He, he admired what we as Americans were doing, and his beers are a hybrid of American, English, Belgian traditions. I mean, you get a, a stout brewed with a lager yeast with with holler tower dry hops in it. I mean, that's that's uh, you know these directions that he goes, and he yeah. makes fantastic beers. Now, in the book, there's a story. Of uh, an experiment that he ha- he uh, endeavored, and it was you know he his his idea was that music and sound influence yeast behavior. So if you the, the last time I was in his brewery, he had these giant headphones on each of the 
on each of his fermenters, and he was piping in different kinds of music. Uh, <laughs> Are you, you know, serious? East while fermenting, we're listening to anything from rap to uh, Italian opera. For and all we knew. What was his theory that that was doing for his fermentation? Well, you know, you know. Yeast is a living organism, and living organisms are are affected by energy, and sound is energy. Yeah, the, the, yeah. And his his idea was that that yeast may behave differently because of the 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 sounds that they hear. And right. to a certain extent, you know, there's been a lot of a lot of research that's been done on musical the the effect music has on. Uh, Animal behavior and, and right. people behavior. You know, Charlie, you know, he's the Italian myth. Anything yeah. that makes great beer, like yeast, <laughs> has to be related to animals and, and beer. Yes, that's so, a good point. I guess yeah. right. If it makes, if the product is that good, it's got to be related somehow. Yeah. I have to agree with the the music and the uh, the beer because I I I'm a audiophile as long as well as a uh, brewer, and um, I make a lot of mead at home because I make more than enough beer at work. Um, and with my mead, I'm constantly playing music, and yeah. I, I honestly think it turns out well because it listens to my music, <laughs> or at least agrees with me well because yeah. it listens to my music. <laughs> right. You know what I love about brewers? Not just that you all are half retarded. Yeah. <laughs> I, I wouldn't say half retarded. I'd say uh, seven sixteenths because at least that's less right. than half. So we got the benefit of the doubt. I love that brewers. Uh, and I'm not knocking this because I think it should and needs to be done. This is the love of beer we're talking about. You find pregnant women putting headphones on their bellies just as much, apparently, as you find brewers putting headphones <laughs> I, on their fermenters. They're brewing a baby. It's, I've actually <laughs> never found a pregnant woman putting a headphone on her belly. But just You've for not the record. Seen that? Not, I, just yes, for the record, I have. I My mother did. See? Yep. Pay attention. You're look not, how you turned out. <laughs> and I guess why not do it to your beer? I think that's great. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, hey, for Morgan, uh, Morgan and Charlie both, uh, someone had sent in this question earlier, and especially I think Morgan because you, uh, find Charlie, uh, as quite an influence. Sure. How similar are the two of your, uh, and maybe Morgan, you'll be the only one who can answer this. How similar are your two Schwartz beer recipes? You know, it's very interesting. I, I'm actually, I've, I'm sure I've read Charlie's Schwartz beer recipe. Yeah. I don't know it by heart. I, I don't even know my Schwartz beer recipe by heart. <laughs> Never mind, Charlie. I don't know mine either. <laughs> you don't know sure. Fair enough. Charlie doesn't. I don't, I, don't, I don't know mine either. However, after tasting so far two of your examples, yeah. I would have to say that they may be miles apart, but I think they're both pretty, pretty great. So, um, I mean, Schwartz beer is, is a great beer. Just to brew. Yeah. I yeah. mean, it's, it, yeah. Not too many people have had some. Yeah. And it's a, it's wow. What's that? I want to have yeah. some. And when it's a great beer, it really makes a statement. I think it's one of those beers that bridges the gap. Yeah. So Morgan, when you make it, do you use uh, debitterized black malt, or do you use? Uh, you know, I use black black malt. I use the Carafa Special Two, the Dehust Carafa. Yeah. Uh, from Weirman's, and I, I gotta say, I love that malt. I changed from all my other beers where I would use chocolate and whatnot. I'm using either a 50-50 blend of chocolate and carafa or just straight carafa. I think that's one of my favorite dark malts right now is the carafa special 2, which is like 420 love a bond and it has no husks, so it's debittered and it, it's an excellent malt. I don't know if you're using it or not, but if you're not, yeah. I would implore you to try it. Yeah, 
yes, I yes I am using it, and I think that's the that's the one of the secrets of making a good Schwarz beer because you don't want it to end up tasting like stout or no. porter. You want it to taste uh, roasted character without that bitterness. Yeah. yeah, it's great how on the Schwarz beer how it just on the end it just peters off to just a beautiful uh, lager finish, just crisp, clean. You almost get a tad of of biscuit on the end of it. I mean, it's it's wonderful. You can taste the base malt in the finish. But it's it's so hard to get the darkness of it without getting that burnt kind of roasted thing going. You know, Jonathan just brewed a Schwarzbier recently, and and he was uh, looking for some uh, advice on how to get a little more color in there. And I've actually, I've never experimented with it. I have, uh, I've told a lot of people about it. I've never tried it myself. Throwing some of it in in the boil, do you have any ideas on that, how that works? Have you tried that? No, I haven't. I, I, I've, I abandoned, abandoned putting grains in the boil years ago because sure. of the astringency that generally. Yeah. Exactly, but what if there's no husk? Unless, you, unless that's, that's the character that you want. But well, uh, you know, you know, a little bit might add some interesting characters, but uh, it's not a direction that I've been taking. What if that. there's what if there's no husk on the grain though? Do you can you have you ever tried that, or could you imagine what that would be? Well, you know, there's no husk, but there's still a lot of of tannins in there that you you know just really extract. That uh, I'm just imagining would you know oh. give it give the give the beer some astringency, which sure you oh. may not want. Whoops. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, one of the things I like to do is is with the darker grains, but especially with the Schwartz beer, is I like to grind up my dark grains in a coffee grinder, just pulverize it, and I'll put it on the top of the mash at the in the last you know fifteen minutes of the mash, and I recirculate my mash anyway, almost the whole time, and I will get a lot of the darker color, and especially with the last part of the mash, I won't get a lot of the the dark roasted. Burnt flavors that I don't want. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, that's, that's a good way to go. Have you have you guys tried my uh, my Dunkel beer yet? I was just I was it's awesome. I was just gonna tell you we just opened up your Dunkel and taken our first sip and uh, smoothie. There's a mention the coffee flavor that's got a little mm. coffee flavor yeah, in it right there. Yeah, there's, there's, there's seven different malts in that beer. Seven. How many Is that all? Really? Well, yeah. <laughs> Mostly German yeah. pills. Were you lazy that uh, day? For a five gallon batch, but. Uh, German pills, five and a half pounds, and Munich malt, two and a half pounds. And then, the interesting, I, I put honey malt, a half pound of honey malt, and half a pound of Belgian aromatic to get that aromatic, sweet, biscuity character, which I really like in these kinds of beers. Mm. And then the, the dark beers, the dark malts, I used uh, four ounces of cho- English chocolate, uh, half a pound of German caramunic, and... Uh, only one ounce of German carafe because you know, yeah. that's, that's pretty potent stuff. So you, right. I didn't want to make a black beer. I wanted to make a, a German-style Dunkel, which is more of a coppery brown. Oh, it's a coppery amber yeah. color. It's just nice. Yeah. You know, and, and thanks for sending that. Yeah. 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 Wow. Everybody in the studio is just going, yeah. wow. Wow. It's great. I'm so wondering, clean. Charlie, one of the things our listeners really like from our guests and uh, what better guest to get one from, would you mind... Uh, emailing me the recipe for this for this dunkel so I could put it in the forum for our for our listeners. Would you do that for us? Share it with us. Sure. You would. Yeah, okay. Nice. 
Because this is certainly one that uh, they'd like to share, especially when it's complicated and challenging like that, with a good seven uh, grain, you know, bill on there. That's great. And yes, uh, the other, the other uh, finesse on this, I think, is using hops that are uh, very low alpha acid. I mean, nice. the highest alpha is Mount Hood at six percent alpha. Oh right. But, uh, that's yeah. Using that's hops that are low alpha and using a bunch of them. Okay. The you other know, thing I wanted to tell you, Charlie, I, uh, because I was I was concerned about this when when I got your package with the beer that you sent us, and I I put it right in the fridge to get it ready, and I started to think that you know we're going to have to taste this beer on the air, and you've shipped it, and I didn't know how to tell the brew father if there was a problem with one of your beers and it wasn't good. <laughs> I didn't know how to tell you that your beer was bad. <laughs> well, we, we didn't always blame it on the postmaster. Right? <laughs> yeah, that's what I would have had to do. I would have had to say, wow, it, it must, must have been the post. <laughs> yeah, blame it on the messenger. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, lucky for us, actually, your your beer has been great. you got to help me pronounce this other one. The pale ale that you sent us, Obstra Paris? I'm obstreperous. Obstreperous. Your obstreperous pale ale we also opened, which is a nice one, right? Kind of the middle of the road of the two that you sent us. That was a good one, too. But I think this... Uh, oh, sorry, I lost you. Uh, I think this Dunkel takes the cake. The pale ale was a nice uh, middle of the road. Uh, good beer. The... Uh, the pills, man, that was yes, that yeah. was good. And then Very I think special. this Dunkel to finish it off is is just real nice. This beer here, mm-hmm. that's a good one. So I sent you three beers. You sent right? us three, Four. yeah, yeah, three you did. Three, okay. Yeah. So Charlie, I actually have one more question to ask you. This is Morgan from EJ Fair. Uh, one thing that uh, that struck me as that made your book special was your exploration about the thought of beer in outer space. Um, you know, I, I don't know how many people talk to you about that in your book, but that book set your book apart from any other homebrewing book I've ever read because it, it kind of implored you to use your imagination and think about what beer is and what it can be and what it was and what it will be. And I'm just wondering, how much beer did you drink before you wrote those two pages? <laughs> yeah. And not only that, and I'm not trying to say that in a demeaning fashion, but what beer was it that you were drinking? I think I was. I probably drank a quart of mead. Yeah. And uh, sparkling mead. Because I know in there you you quoted the fact that you were drinking derailed ale. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> which which I can, when I think about it, I'm like, yes, I want to make that beer and start thinking about space. I want to go out in a sailboat, and that's nothing compared to a spaceship. So. Morgan's a hippie, yeah. by the way. <laughs> yeah, <he is>. <laughs> <laughs> Answer that really about brewing in space. It's really important that, you know, what good beer is all about, and you touched upon a little bit here with this the essay that I did on brewing in outer space in my book, The Homebrewer's Companion, but it's, it's really about listening to your beer, as Fred Eckhart says, but just tasting your beer and relaxing with it and letting the beer take you somewhere where you haven't been and I'm serious because when a lot of people there's great always occasions where you're drinking beer you're with friends and laughing and telling stories and having a great time but sometimes beer can be contemplative and it should be you know it's like when you're when you had a good day and you really relax and have one or two or three beers and you're at home and you just really appreciate what you've accomplished by making your own beer and start thinking about 
what made it that what made it that way and it, it's not necessarily the ingredients or the equipment or the process it's your whole attitude about um, understanding and we're just experiencing the different tastes and flavors and aroma and imagining where they came from you know uh, and that's that's the the journey that home brewing takes people yeah. on that's you know, that one journey took me to outer space. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? I think you touched upon something that I have thought about for a long time. And, and there's a, a person who's uh, dear at heart to this show, Jamil, who's a home brewer that has done very well. Um, I think we both, and also Dr. Scott could, I'm sure, agree with this. Cause he's it's all about the fermentation. It's not necessarily what you do. It's all about making a good home for your yeast. And And what would the yeast do if you did this? Exactly. You know, you got to remember that yeast are living organisms, and they like to live. They like to live their lives, their short lives, in a good environment, an environment that you could say makes them happy. If yeah. they had those kinds of feelings, yeah, I'm and, sure they you know, do. Listening to music or the right temperature or not getting shocked. You know, it's it's if you start thinking that way, that you're dealing with living organisms and ingredients that were once alive and that have been kind of transformed into the to the good things that are beer ingredients you know it's, you're going to make a lot better beer than just reading a book and and also you know like I try to convey this in my new book Microbrewed Adventures is talking to people and listening to what they have to say you know nobody is a beer expert I'm, I'm not a beer expert you're not a beer expert no one can be and it's you know you just continue to learn and if you listen carefully um not necessarily to what the brewer is telling you, but what they're implying, their whole philosophical approach to how they're making beers. There's a lot of, lot of great information and, and, and guidance that's out there that isn't quite always obvious. Yeah, I, I think... Uh I think you really, you know, before you you made your last last statements, uh, I was going to ask both you and Morgan if you've done too much LSD in your life with the uh, brewing in space and uh, I've never done any <laughs> LSD and, in my life and talking to your yeast. But uh, you know, when you sum it up, uh, Charlie, at the end, that it's uh, you know what it's really it's about, virtual, you, man. You, and and that that nobody's an expert, and it's about. We it's, had a guest on our show. Do you know who Brian Hunt is, Charlie? Yeah. He is. From way back, yeah, you know, I, I remember him. He's written some articles in Zymergy back in the in the eighties, early eighties. Yeah. yeah, he he now runs a Moonlight Brewing Company, and we had him on this show, and it was one of our most interesting shows because he's got some some real philosophical ideas. He about definitely got his own ideas. But I would I, I just as you were talking about, you know, nobody's an expert, and you, and, and you got to think about what the brewer's trying to get across, and you got to think about it in those terms, and. And not just as, not just about popping open a beer and throwing it back. Mm-hmm. You know, when you when you talk about that, I think of sitting you two down together, and, and what a great show that would be. Because that would be uh, awesome. you know, yeah. you're just you're right. Like to not have to think about anybody, uh, you know, talking about beer as sort of the final word. And sometimes that's kind of what separates uh, home brewers from. Um, I don't want to say wine connoisseurs. I'd rather say wine snobs. These guys who tell you what it's supposed to taste like and what it is and what it isn't. And uh, it's really not about what it is and what, breed. Is, what it isn't. Yeah. It's about... Uh, it's learning what it could be. Yeah, and what you yeah. have and, and, and yeah. what it is to you and what you like. And Morgan made a great statement to Daniela before the show. She tasted Morgan one of Morgan's beers. And uh, he said to her, you know, everybody knows what they like. Everyone knows what they like. They can't always tell you what it is. They can't always, you know, put it into words. 
But everybody knows what's good to them and, and what tastes good to them. And it doesn't take a professional brewer, you know, to, to give them that beer. It could be anybody's beer, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. It's kind of like that idea. Maybe I, I did too much LSD. That, uh, I don't know. Tell people that, you know, they know, if they're home brewers, they know what they know from their experiences. Plus, they know what I've written about, so therefore, they're better brewers than I am. <laughs> they have their own experience, sure. plus what I've written about. Sure. And, um, you know, that's that's what it's about. It's, uh, you know, my, all my experience. My book and what I write about is a compilation of the experiences I've had, not only with my own home brewing, but mostly the the interaction I've had with brewers all over the world and the little things I picked up here and there, um, and 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 really taking note when I have a good beer and why you know why is it, why is this beer so much better than all the other pilsners or why is this ale so much better than the other, other ales that I've had in that style what makes it so good and then you when you talk to the brewer or go to the brewery you know they have the same ingredients they have they have a louder ton they have a, a brew kettle and they have a hop storeroom everybody basically has the same thing but it's the attitude which they brew and the the things that you really have to tune in on that tune into that aren't necessarily spoken yeah yeah i think you're absolutely right charlie john did you did you have something you wanted to read from that book or personally my interpretation of of charlie is he he has a lot of passion for brewing and the love of beer and i think you can take personally what you learn from brewing and the art of brewing and you can apply to other aspects in your life no matter if it's cooking if it's having a family raising a kid you can you can take those passions towards other things, and there's a there's a chapter in Charlie's new book it, on page two thirty two. It's called "The Pride of a Brewer," and I'm going to quote this, and I'm going to read this out right now. But I think this sums up what we've been talking about the last twenty minutes. He goes, "By becoming and continuing as a brewer, one crosses a mystic threshold, not only gaining experience but also using skills to craft works of art and science for the noble reason of promoting pleasure and enjoyment. This is a rarity in today's world." Yeah, absolutely. You know what? I actually, as a professional brewer who was inspired by Charlie, have to say that I think he's touched upon that philosophy in his previous books, and I have to say that's that's part of what's driven me to become what I am today, uh, of what Jonathan just read there. Yeah, so it's yeah. very important. I think people should listen to that. What are you today think exactly? Um, well, I'm actually <laughs> on the brink of being unemployed. Yeah. Um, I live in my Volkswagen. Right. It's a nice one, though. So thanks, hey, nice. Charlie. Yeah. Well, it's nicer than the other guys. I just spray painted it, actually. It's, yeah. I, I only could get pink paint, but it's still nice. <laughs> it's you, good. No, no. Your I, legacy yeah. lives strong, No, it, it's about being yeah. the artist meets the scientist. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And, and as a doctor, I think you can probably look at that. A little bit more strongly than anyone else can. He digs in people's you know. mouths all day, Morgan. Hey, it's, 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 <laughs> well, it's, mouth digging, it's, um, it's all science finding, based, whatever. Yeah. But it's biological science. Yeah. It right. really is. And um, uh, Charlie was talking about uh, working the yeast, which which direction, and yeah. and it's almost like you know guiding children. It is. Yes, it, it is. You, you brew you, a beer, you, and that's your kid for the it's day. It's your you kid, know? and you can you can 
if you whatever you put into them, you can guide them to do almost what you want them to do, yeah. and, and, better be, than and be children. better and be better for it. Because <laughs> well, your children go off on their own. It's probably a little less predictable. Probably a little more predictable than children. Yeah. yeah. It reminds me of a picnic we had many years ago called the the yeast herders picnic. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. <laughs> it sounds right up the alley. Hurting yeast. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Hey, Charlie. Um, can you stick with us for another few minutes? Sure. Okay. I just want to take a quick break. Uh, not only the studio, but I'm sure our listeners. It, it's we don't take commercial breaks here. We take pee breaks, and uh, <laughs> I think that's yeah, exactly. A, so, a refill break. Let me just do a quick. It's going to be about a three minute break. Can we do that real quick? And then when I come back, what I want to do is I got a line of questions in front of me from our listeners in the chat room. And uh, when we get down to it kind of taking a long time here at the end, I like to just do a quick question, quick answer kind of thing so everybody can get their questions answered. Okay, we'll so, give it our best shot. Okay, cool. So uh, we're going to take just a real quick break. Hang on a second, and we'll be right back. All right. It's the Brewing Network. Uh, we'll be right back, Charlie. It's, uh, we're going to take a two minute break. You're, you're tuned in with Charlie Papazian, uh, president of the AHA right now. And you've also, we've also got Morgan from uh, EJ Fair in here with us and, and the usual crew. Going to take a real quick break. And then it's all listener questions after that. We're just really going to fire them out there. So it's the Brewing Network. We'll Bada be right bing. back. Thanks for staying tuned. Bada bing. And now back to the Brewcaster. The Brewcaster on the Brewing Network. All right, we're back with Charlie Papazian talking to us. Some good information. Got a little philosophical on there for you guys, and uh, just lots of good info with the man. So let me get him back here on the phone. We got a, a few minutes left with him, and I'll get out everybody's questions. You still there, Charlie? I'm here. Okay, good, good. Glad to have you. All right, here's what I want to do because I got a lot of questions just uh, from the chat room and, uh, and and I want to make sure I get them out. So we'll try to do a, a rapid fire if that's okay with you, Charlie. Sure. Okay. Let's go for it. Uh, quick one. Do you plan on making a trip to Australia, Charlie? Am I planning? I ha- I ha- last time I was there was maybe uh, five years ago, and a- I would say I would love to. Nothing planned in the foreseeable future, but probably in the next two or three years I will be going there. Uh, there's a lot of great things happening there with home brewing and craft brewing, I'm sure. There's a, we get a, uh, there's a big homebrew community there that, uh, we get a lot of listeners from there. It's our, uh, second biggest country behind the U.S., so, uh, they just wanted to, they, they like you too, so they want to know yeah, if you are. There are a lot of Australian craft beer treasures down there. Uh, right. Oh. Well, that's why they homebrew, I think. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, okay, how about this? And, and this is something that I didn't know about uh, from one of our Canadian listeners, Charlie. Do you remember the homebrew series that you made for TV Ontario? Yes, I certainly do. I don't know how long. That must have been like 12 or 13, 14 years ago, and it was uh, three 45-minute shows that aired on Canadian television for a decade. And, I, you know, I go wow. into bars and pubs in Canada... And I was more famous in Canada than I was here in this country. That's that showed, great. That showed a lot. <laughs> I, yeah, I didn't know about that. I, I was kind of looking you up and doing my research, but I, I never saw the, the TV program. What did you do for 45 minutes? Well, it was a three-part series, and it was uh, the the basics of home brewing, and we brewed a batch of beer in the in the kitchen. 
And the second one was, uh, uh, you know, I think using more sophisticated methods. I don't know, remember whether it was all grain, but pro- it may not have been all grain, but it was extracting grain. And then the third one was visiting some of the craft brewers and having some discussions with home brewers and talking about good beer. Okay. Um, nice. Okay. How about this one? Uh, how many beers do you have on tap at home, Charlie? Right now, I just, uh, let's see, on tap, with the actual hose on it that I could just go out there in seconds and pour myself a tall one. Yeah. I have <laughs> one, two, three, four, five, six, six on tap. Six. And two kegs, three kegs. Two kegs that are ready, and one that I just kegged today, and I have two fermenters lagering right now. Two lagers that are in the cold, cold uh, fridge. So that is great, Charlie. Awesome. Uh, what is it? I, I was talking just before you got on the air, and and you weren't listening, which is good because I I described it as you having this phobia because I was reading an interview about about you and and what it sounded like to me. You didn't describe it as a phobia. I did. It sounds to me like you have a phobia, much like I do. About running out of, running out, well, I have the phobia of running out of beer in general. You, on the other hand, have this phobia about running out of good beer. So it sounds to me like you brew so much and so often, even to the point of when you travel, you bring your beer with you, that you uh, can't, you just can't run out of good beer. Kind of like Paul How McCartney. Beer. Yeah. That has happened. That it's, has happened. You know, for my 50th birthday, a few years back, um, I went to uh, a, a, a remote island in Thailand, and I invited my friends, and six of them showed up, and we tapped a three-gallon keg of an IPA, which had to be the best damn-tasting IPA in all of Asia. <laughs> all right. Yeah. All of Asia. <laughs> the whole place. It's a big It's a big place. Well, <laughs> With no IPA. We were all sure that it was the best-tasting one, sure. I'll tell you. <laughs> Um, okay, here's a here's a, a directly uh, home brewing question for you, and we've had this discussion on here um, before. So the listeners want to know your opinion. What's your opinion about using a secondary fermenter? Is it necessary or not? Well, short answer is it is not necessary, but if you have the time and the resources do it, it will improve your beer. What about the theory that says every time you transfer your beer, you're, you you get you got potential for contamination? So, in other words, is it is one worth the other? Um, you know, if if you've been brewing for more than a year, you better have your act together and not and you know you shouldn't be contaminating your beer when you siphon or transfer it from your primary. Your secondary. I mean, if you if if you're contaminating your beer, you got to go back and figure out what you're doing because you're not going to really you're not going to proceed in your brewing endeavors and make, truly make great beer if you don't cut that act together. You know, when when Justin was asking that second question, I I found myself <laughs> shaking my head no, and I realized why is because if you can brew beer, you can transfer your beer. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. You know, well, if you can brew good beer, you can make it, you can put it into another vessel and it'll be okay. Well, I was thinking the same thing today as I was cleaning eight kegs. <laughs> right. how, how many times I transfer? I transfer a lot. I transfer into a bright keg. I transfer from another keg. Uh, just trying to get a cleaner beer 
for one but reason or another. But you also transfer on a closed system. Yes, I do. Which is and, a big and, difference. And you and can I'm do really that. and I'm really anal about the cleansing of everything. Yeah. Um, anal cleansing is it, good. It's, it, it's a very good thing. Yeah, Jonathan it's, has actually but, pinpointed a way to transfer from ca- from carboy to carboy. Yeah. That he sells his work. That you can go without even worrying about oxygen pickup or anything. Yeah. From so it's called a sterile siphon starter. What is it, Jonathan? Tell us. It's and you use two racking canes and two carboy hoods. Uh huh. And you blow and you blow through a HEPA filter. And which actually filters out 99.9% of all bacteria in your Oh, yeah. You air. got me doing this. But you make yeah. sure if you're going to do transfer from a primary to a secondary, yeah. fill from the bottom up. You do it with, with oh, wine, always. too. Always. It prevents aeration of your beer or wine. Okay. Yeah. Oh, always. But it's, you know, and it's I always think you know, how many times I'm transferring. Yeah. And each time you get to step up this. But as Charlie just said, if you're, if you're into it, you have got your sanitation down. Yeah. And yep. enough to the point where it's gonna it, it it's enough, and don't worry about it. And I transfer a lot of times. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you know, it's two things I do when I transfer. I, you know, having a draft system, I have a tank of CO2, and I, I usually blow in a whole mm-hmm. bunch of CO2 into the secondary, right, empty, empty secondary. So, you know, at least half filled with CO2. So when it splashes, it's splashing in an environment of carbon dioxide rather than air and oxygen. Mm. The other one is I never suck on a siphon tube, never ever. I mean, I just basically, yeah, you, you know, do. immerse my siphon hose into you know bleach and water solution, rinse it, rinse it off with warm, very very warm water, and then fill the hose with with water. Put my thumbs on the end, and take the hoses that are filled with water, stick one into the into the the beer and. Your siphon, you know, you're you're on your way without ever having to, you know, you know, put your lips to the glass of beer. Right. You know, my thing is though, actually, is that uh, you never know where your thumbs have been, and I forget <laughs> where my mouth has been. So I still siphon, but I do a little swash with the little 101 wild turkey or something like that. And I uh, just prayed to... Um, That's just your drink. I, I, I prayed to Gambrinus <laughs> that everything's going to be okay. And I always, and, you I, know, you you don't know where your thumb's been. And but I, I forget I, where my mouth has been. But I, so. I've, always, I've always liked that one. I heard about that one about 10 years ago. You swish around with something high alcohol. In your mouth? Yeah. In your mouth. You swish, but I, I always push, not pull. Yeah, don't forget what your mother told you. Wash your hands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, and for that matter, know where your thumb's been, Morgan. (laughs) But he knows where his mouth has been. I can't even remember where where my mouth's been. Where where have my thumbs been? (laughs) Yeah, I think that will be Morgan's first book, exactly. Yeah, where's your mouth been, been, boy? (laughs) You know, the thing is, is what I'm saying is I don't know where my thumb's been, but I can't remember where my mouth has been. (laughs) So... Morgan. <laughs> Ignorance uh, is bliss at this point. I want to I wanna back up for just one second because I think a couple of really good things were yeah, said Back here. up into that uh, thumb. The one thing that, that, Don't back that up Charlie said about – I want to talk about, about transferring because uh, John's got me doing the HEPA filter thing. Um, what what Charlie is saying is that you don't even have you wouldn't have to exchange any air because you you have filled up your hose with water and, and and then by the time you release your thumb just the water draining out of the hose is going to start your siphon right okay so that's one method and and I actually like that I've not I've not heard that before it's a very simple basic method that that keeps you from having to blow any air or anything else uh, into a HEPA mm-hmm. filter 
The other thing that I just got from the chat room is if you are doing the HEPA filter method, so now you've got your you've got your carboy hood on, you got your racking cane into that hood, and you've got the other end of it going into your secondary so that you can siphon. What John would do and what I do also uh, is blow into the HEPA filter, and that creates pressure to start your siphon. What the person from the chat room says is, why not use CO2 into the, hi- the HEPA filter instead of blowing? And well, now, now you're talking about a real cool well, I don't even use the HEPA filter. I figure CO2 into the top of the... I always push, not suck. Okay. okay. <laughs> All right. Got it? All right. Um, uh, so when we're, when we're pushing that, I figure any bacteria that's going to come onto it is going to like land on the surface of... of in the primary, and when it goes down, you're not going to get all of that out of there anyway. And right. we'll all be just sitting on the primary, and we will not be gone, or very little will be gone into the secondary. Right. So, you know, do you need to go to the HEPA filter and the whole gig with that? Probably not. Okay. I do it. I like the HEPA filter. It makes me. While you're talking about this, <laughs> we are. We're drinking your beer, Charlie. Yeah. We're drinking yours, and uh, and and I'm EJ drinking Fierce. a black and tan from you, actually. Still, well, it's my Doppelbach and EJ Fair Schwartz. I still oh, got some cap man. left. It's a little homebrew commercial brew combo. Yeah, and we do. Drinking a little uh, quivering quail winter ale right now. Morgan, you're looking good, by the way. I just oh, want wow. to say that you're. He's, uh, he's good. Uh, about you're... five seconds ago, actually, I sat here and was realizing, I'm like, wow. I'm <laughs> Should I have poured that last yeah. beer? Morgan's yeah. glowing, yeah. and I'm not sure if it's that he gets to talk to Charlie or the 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 stack of empty well, beer bottles. You, you know, the, the really him. strange he's thing I always said was Morgan looks exactly like my little brother. He does, and I brought him That's to. I, I brought my little brother in to meet him. And they look a, a lot alike. <laughs> Neither one of us thought we looked. No, they didn't. But man, other people are going. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> both of them were like, "That guy's ugly. I don't look like him." <laughs> they both. Charlie's yeah. laughing in the background. Yeah. <laughs> right. I got a couple more to fire at you. Charlie. Okay, let's go for it. How did your? This one might not be so short, but uh, we'll do our best. How did your job change since becoming head of the Brewers Association? I think I touched upon that one earlier. Basically, doing the same kind of things, except that I'm doing. I do a lot more to head up the government government affairs work for the association these days. Okay. But I still go to uh, you know we have 23 staff at the Brewers Association, and you know the American Home Brewers Association. The offices are right across the hall from me, and I go to their weekly go to the weekly meetings, and I stay in touch with all the programs of the association, and I contribute where and when I can contribute, but uh, there's some very competent people and staffers that are heading up the individual programs. But could you... Affairs and regulatory stuff. W- could you kind of roughly run me... Because I'm... I really am curious about what goes on around there. I know that you guys, you, you got the website, you got the magazine, you guys must be busy, you're doing a lot of things. You also got to stay up on brewing and what's happening. Would you be able to sum up a typical day in the life of Charlie Papazian around the office, like on a, on a weekday? What it, what is it that you do, you know, uh, on a on a Tuesday morning and and through the day? Now, tomorrow okay. morning, <laughs> <laughs> go into the office, boot up my get my computer, get my Outlook email program up, synchronize my Palm with my Outlook, check out my emails and spend a lot of my time some some days responding to emails, keeping in touch with literally hundreds of people every week okay. on different items, answering questions from people, individuals about homebrewing or answering questions about 
um, different programs we have, uh, brewers all over the world or allied trade people, people who are supplying stuff. I go to maybe uh, five or six meetings a week, uh, staff meetings about various programs. Uh, let's see. Gosh. I mean, my de- my desk is covered with papers, so it's one of those desks <laughs> that maybe once every two months I'll clean it. Nice. And, uh, Me too. Just a lot to do, trying to ke- keep up with the, the amount of information that we get from magazines and literature. I, I don't keep up with, with forums too much because it's just there's just got to be too many. Yeah. And so if there's something important, somebody will bring it to my attention, basically. But my, my main means of communication and information is on my computer screen, whether it's through the Internet or email. And, uh, okay. Uh, we do. So let me, let, me, let me get this straight. You show up, you play around with your Palm Pilot, you maybe answer a few emails, and you homebrew. Well, better than that, <laughs> I'm, I'm people, people will send me beer and I'll taste it for them. <laughs> then it, it gets even better then than I that. I get a paycheck. How's that? <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's nice. it's actually it's all I wanted to hear. I'm glad that I subscribe every year to <laughs> yeah. the AOB. You know, I'm glad I bring in I I uh, pay my fees. The thing is, is that uh, I I pretty much consider that you've got my dream job, and it didn't matter how you answered it. That's how I was going to hear the answer. So I just wanted to to clarify. I'd still pay my fees. All right, a couple, oh, yeah. a Me couple too. quick ones for you, Charlie, and then and then probably two that might not be so quick, and then and then we'll let you get out of here. Um, actually, yeah, here's here's a quick one for you, because we had a guy in just last week, uh, a caller, Titletown Brewing, uh, Eric Watson, out uh, in in the Midwest there, and, and uh, he does a thirty minute mash. Charlie, how long do you do your mash for? One of the listeners wants yep, to know. I do a step infusion. And the first step is at 133 degrees for a half hour, and I do that protein rest at that temperature, not to develop new protein nutrient, nutrients, because with all malt beers, you don't really need the nutrition. But at 133, you develop a better head retention and better, better foam stability. Now, you may have noticed on some of my beers, I hope there was some good foam retention. Yeah, we had and some And then good. I bounce it up, and we go to, uh, you know, let's say 155 degrees. For a half hour, and that is a totally complete, thorough, um, you know. So you're doing the, you're you're doing uh, basically a half hour also, except for that yeah. for that. Yep. Okay. And I'm getting eighty five percent on average uh, efficiency. Wow. And and I have to say that I do grind my grain a little bit finer than most people would. Okay. But uh, with my you know, fills louder ton system and hands-on technique. Um, I can get away with it. Okay, okay, I got gotcha. you. See, the the only, in fact, the only issue that any of us had with the with the thirty minute mash at home was that it'd be hard to do because usually we're using a deep mash ton, yeah, with uh, rather than a shallow and wide mash ton. Not only that, but some of us actually drink while we're brewing. And it's kind of yeah. nice to have the one-hour mash time. Just kind of kick back and, like, get your fermenter ready and, you know. Well, sometimes Wait. my half-hour mashes get extended a little bit. Sure. <laughs> you, you, know, uh, you, guys, you guys actually drink when you're brewing? Yeah. I've been known to do, like, a two-hour mash before. you got to take a little lunch, have a couple beers, come back, <laughs> run off, you know. Yeah. How long is you actually your... I like your... to extend my boiling more than my mash. You know, get on with boiling, that's... 
Get on with that, that yeah. Way, uh, you yeah, can that always add water. Longer, yeah. No problem, you know. Yeah. Because that you can keep going without. Melanoid in development. Right. Sure. <laughs> Charlie, I just got the best question of the night from the chat room. Better right, than mine. And you got to answer honestly because we got thick skin around here. Did you know anything? Had you ever heard of? Did you know about the Brewing Network prior to us contacting you for the interview? Silence. <laughs> I think I did, but it, you know, it wasn't. Uh, it was outside of my radar screen. You guys were just too big for me to notice. <laughs> that is an excellent awesome answer. answer. Yes, yeah, awesome. Uh, you, Good job. Good you, job. You've done this before. You can Charlie. think on your feet, can't you? <laughs> it's almost well, as right if we. Now, I'm sitting down after the four beers I've had. I <laughs> <laughs> can think on your ass. That's, whatever. That's one of the questions. I think you answered it earlier, yeah. but it just came through, so it could be a new listener. What are you drinking right now, Charlie? Just finishing off that pills I gave you, and I'm drinking that the dunkel, and I'm drinking the obstreperous pale ale that is dry hop with Simcoe hops. Okay. And I got a Maybach, a winter Bach. Actually, it's called, my original recipe was Bada Bing Bach. Uh, and so between the four of them, I'm a pretty happy dude right now. <laughs> <laughs> so you have four beers in front of you just like I do right now. Yeah, huh? yeah they're all going down pretty equally at the same time. Yep. Nice. <laughs> Very nice. Okay. Here might be a bit of a long one. It's from uh, one of our listeners, uh, Blanca Brew from Boston, Massachusetts. And uh, we touched on this a little bit. I uh, just want to get right to the heart of the matter. How has the state of homebrewing changed when you began homebrewing? For example, you know, what ingredients were available, equipment, things like that. How has it changed since back then and now? And and even if you could, you know, in, include kind of the new things that are happening as far as, as magazines and podcasts and, and, and things going on like that for you. Yeah. Well, number one, there was no Internet. Yeah. Number Two, there was no publication other than Fred Eckhart's uh, Amateur Brewer, which was hard to find. And imagine this. You go into a homebrew, stop, homebrew store, and when you ask for hops, they pointed to the shelf, and there were these little half-brick things <laughs> that were wrapped in pink paper, like almost newspaper. Yeah. It was pink that they called hops. And when you open them up, they were brown. And let's see. The, Not uh, good. Yeah. Like grains. A... Oh, crystal malt and black pat malt were the only two grains that I could remember ever seeing in a homebrew store. And the yeast that you got, it all said beer yeast, but, uh, you know, we all know now that pretty much it was bread yeast packages, yep. beer yeast. So bread yeast. that's the way it used to be. And as you know now, you've got really quality yeast strains available, whether they be liquid or and or dried. You've got hops that are fresh and green. What yeah. a concept. Amazing. Oh, my. <laughs> I mean, in those Great days, hops. it was like, you know, I brewed for two years before I even saw my first hops. Yeah. When did you first plant your own... Hop, hop malt extract. When did you first plant your own hops? Oh, man, I remember that. I went to... I took a trip out to Ellensburg, Washington, where I, I had a couple of friends who were going to school there, and which is uh, not too far from Yakima, and I went to the fields, and, uh, well, I know what I, I went to the big hop company there, and I asked them if I could get some hop cutting. They said, no, 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 we can't give you hop cutting. 
you got to remember that this was probably in the late 70s when I went. And that was when, uh, what's that magazine, that marijuana magazine? Uh, high, high, t- times. high Times. High Times? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. High Times <laughs> a, a story about how you could graft, uh, you know, hops to marijuana and get a hopawana plant. And, I have no know, idea what you're talking blah, about. Blah, 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 which was, you know, <laughs> later we find out that, you know, it was a, totally impossible to do. Right. Uh, I haven't well, found nice that out. I'm glad though. you saved me the time. Uh, and so they weren't going to give out hops. I guess they had too many hippies going out there <laughs> for hop-cutting dudes. It's so, so uh, funny that you even mentioned that. that, that yeah. every, well, one, that everyone chimes in and knows the name. But the second you were mentioning about how you used to buy hops and in the, in the, in they were all brown and, in, and wrapped in paper... That's how we used to buy I, pot. That's how I used to buy pot when I was 17. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the worst stuff I could and, and buy. And we, we used to price it for high times. <laughs> ah, see? Oh, home brewing in general. You got to home brew your hops. It all goes full circle, doesn't it? Don't, don't complete that sentence, Justin. Yeah. But I still grow my own hops from the original cuttings I got back in the late 70s. I went out into the fields of Yakima and I paid one of the, one of the farm workers who was putting these hop cuttings into the ground. I said, hey, here's a dollar. Can I have a couple of hop roots? Nice. A whole bag of them. Nice. And I was like, Johnny Hop hop Root. You know? <laughs> right. I, I gave those hops to <laughs> lots and lots of people. Hops grow years. great. I still have the uh, original plant. I've moved three or four times since then, but I've always dug up the, the roots, and yeah. they are great cascade hops. All right, uh, Bug Eater Brewing, and, 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 and these obviously aren't the people's real names. Everyone's got a code name in our chat room. Uh, and this was posted uh, in the forum code. for you. Yeah, you need a code name, too. Your code name, I don't know if you saw our homepage, you're the brew father. You didn't hear your theme song that I played for you earlier, did you? I think I... Well, let's play it again. This is you, Charlie. Oh, you're making me cry. <laughs> beers are falling into my beer. Stop it. You're making my beer salty. <laughs> uh, Bug Eater Brewing from ne- from Nebraska wants to know, uh, are you going to brew the Poor Richard's Ale recipe being promoted on the Beer Town site? Nope, but I'm going to drink it. You are. <laughs> Good enough, as long as you yeah. drink it, I suppose. <laughs> what is that? I actually, I don't even know about that. It's just something you guys are, are telling people no, to brew? No, Ben Franklin's 300th birthday is in January, and the the Tercentenary Commission out of Washington, D.C., or wherever they are, uh, invited, they approached us as the Brewers Association. This is one of the advantages of being part of the Brewers Association. They said, you know, we love the idea. You know, Ben Franklin was a great beer enthusiast, and we would like craft brewers here in the United States to brew up a special batch of beer, a beer that would be it would have been typical during Ben Franklin's time. Okay. So you can read about the and we had a contest, and we came up with a recipe. Actually, a great brewer from Pagosa Springs, Colorado, came up with a history and recipe, which we have published on our website. You can find it on the front page of beertown.org. There's a link to uh, Ben Franklin and uh, all the activities. I think we have 67. Right now, the count is 67 breweries that are brewing these, these uh, typical ben, beers that Ben Franklin would have enjoyed. Basically, a strong old ale with okay. English type hops. Okay. And some molasses. They probably use molasses in those days, too. Okay. All right, so there you go. The, the poor Richard's ale. You can check it out on beertown.org. It's probably a lot like my goat scrotum ale out of my book. <laughs> Is that one of the recipes you've got in your book? 
Ghost scrotum mail? Yeah. I, I mean, that's <laughs> one of my most popular recipes. I have a goat. Five most popular recipes is a rocky raccoon, yeah. honey lager, uh, toast bit stout, yeah. uh, the holiday mm-hmm. cheer, um, and goat scrotum ale. Goat scrotum ale. Those are four out of the five. I can't think of the fifth one, but I'm um, sure. <laughs> by, I, 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 one of my goats... Doesn't have a scrotum. <laughs> Doc actually has Uh-oh, goats. It's in the beer. Yeah, <laughs> it's in the beer. That's. I wish I had found that. We play beer Jeopardy on here sometimes, and I do. Uh, uh, you know, is it a beer or is it not a beer? And I name a bunch of wacky names that I found, and I goat put, scrotum. And I, I put a couple false ones in there too, and and the listeners have to decide if it's true or if it's false. Goat scrotum ale would have been perfect. <laughs> I do no, that. I don't. <laughs> okay, a uh, couple more questions for you. Uh, Oz, one of our longtime listeners. Nope, you can't hear me anyway. There you are. A couple more questions for you. Uh, Oz from Australia. He's from Brisbane, Australia. Uh, he wants to know, is there a recipe that stuck with you for your whole brewing life? Well, one well, you, one you've always that brewed you, yeah. that just you've always known was golden. That you just you brew, you go back to time and time again. The answer to that one is no. Okay. There isn't one that stuck with me because I keep evolving. And, you know, the beers that I make dozens of times maybe 15 years ago are have evolved to something else by this time because so many great hops and malts and right. things that you discover. I mean, if you've been on the microboot adventures that I've had, you, you know, you just never want to stop brewing yeah. something different or, or just... Just evolve the recipes you have based on the new information and techniques oh, yeah, well, that you learn about. Just, so, just no, the I, I don't. I haven't stuck with anything for. You know, there was an interesting. And there's a there's a reference to it in my book. I went on to on the completely joyous tour of the southeast a few years ago, and through Tennessee there was a contest. At Tennessee and Arkansas, there were these contests that that uh, I I helped judge as I as I traveled through and people were brewing recipes out of my complete joy of home brewing and they were judging the best so i got to taste these beers that were brewed from recipes that i had once brewed you know decades ago and you know it kind of inspired me to go back actually and brew some of those old recipes because the people nowadays the home brewers these days are brewing versions of my recipes way better than I, I was doing <laughs> nice. in those days. Nice. That's got, you know, that's that's the compliment of compliments, right? I mean, people taking your stuff and, and making it their own. Yeah, and doing a better job. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> you know, someone else's beer always tastes, well, I don't know. If you're over my house, I guess my beer tastes pretty good. But if I'm over your house, it always tastes better than my beer. <laughs> right. Uh, how about, That's how about the we, rule. We, we all come to your house. Yeah. We're just. Gonna, how about? Can we have a party at your house, Charlie? Give me the morning. <laughs> live, <laughs> live from Plateau Road. Yeah. Exactly. That's what I'm. That's exactly what I'm thinking. Okay. Um, here is a debate that we often have on here that maybe uh, you could give your take on real quick. Um, and I think we've kind of gotten the answer ourselves, too. But should a beginner try to brew a beer to style, you know, uh, as in the, uh, the the beer style guidelines? Or or should he take on kind of a combination of brewing to his own taste and brewing to his style? Or should he say, F it, I'm brewing what I want? When they're beginning? Yeah. 
Is the question when, when they're yeah, starting Yeah, yeah, when, when, when they're a beginner, exactly. Yeah, I'd say when you're a beginner, you know, get some guidance from a friend, but if you don't have any guidance from anybody, you know, your best shot is the kind of beer that you like, and you, and you should know whether it's a brown ale or a pale ale or a pills or, a, you know, a stout, and just go for it. Okay. And, you know, uh, I... You know, read a little bit of description of the recipe and just think, well, maybe this could be it because there's a story in my Microbrewed Adventures about Peter Bocard of New Belgium Brewery and when he tries to zero in on a recipe, he doesn't shoot for the target. He tries to do his test batches all around the target and he learns a lot more about what's around the target first and then he'll hit the bullseye. So, you know, as a beginner... Your first beer it may not be exactly what you anticipated, but it sure is going to be good. All right. Yeah, you're right. You know, I'd actually like to chime in and say a little bit about styles. I mean, being so, uh, being a professional brewer who started as a home brewer um, and and still find myself home brewing, not necessarily with beer, but with other things. Yeah. Um, I would like to say that I think that, that instead of deciding to, st- to brew by style, brew by what you like. Yes, and then okay. if... Yep. Yeah, if you choose to to put it into a competition, just figure out what style fits it best. Whatever's and it, close. Yeah, whatever's close. Don't worry about the style. Styles were created by people that were meant to break you. <laughs> just, <Here's, laughs> this is this is Morgan's conspiracy. Yes. Out. <laughs> just brew beer that's good is all you have to do. And whatever you decide to call it, whether it be Pilsner or Pale or Shorty's Revenge, <laughs> you know, just brew the beer, and then if you choose to put it into a st- into a competition, which you don't have to, yeah. But if you choose to, just put it into whatever style is the closest. And if it wins, great. If it doesn't, don't worry about it. Yeah. As long exactly as it's good. To do it because yeah. you know you should brew what you like because that's what homebrewing is is all about. Unless you want to homebrew to enter competitions and win competitions. Then you know you you study the art and science of beer and the history of beer and you learn a lot of you learn another perspective on brewing, but uh, you know, and then you enter enter a style that comes close to what you think you made and sometimes you get it and sometimes you don't. Right. Hey Charlie, uh, in looking at a couple pictures that I found of you in in recent interviews, uh, a curious thing has come up and 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 one of our our chat room listeners has asked this question too. You appear to be in pretty good shape. You're a you're a slender guy. You you're, you're not uh you know, you don't have the typical uh I've been drinking for 30 years homebrew kind of physique. How can you drink so much beer and stay in shape, Charlie? This is the real stuff people want to know. Amazing. Well, I pee a lot. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Yeah, right. That'll that work. helps. That helps. That's a short answer. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Plus, yeah. you live in Colorado, and the air's thin. You got to work hard just to breathe. Yep. Yeah, I work harder <laughs> here to breathe, and, yeah. and uh, you know, I just enjoy lots of things in life, and I try to do it in moderation, so that when I get, hopefully, I get to be eighty or ninety years old, I still can still can have a few. <laughs> right. uh, you know, you burn yourself out when you're young. You just uh, deprive yourself of the pleasure of yeah. being old. And so we should be talking to Fred Eckhart to see what stuff. what he's what his secret is. Yeah, you're right about that. Actually, you know, I, I got that I got that same theory, Charlie. And I I look at people, uh, you know, some of my own family in, included, and in, in, and there is something to say about enjoying life and and being healthy and doing things in moderation because. Uh, 
It is sad when you see people who aren't exactly as old as as they as they appear to be, and and they're having trouble walking, and they're having trouble doing things, and they're having trouble enjoying their family and their grandkids and stuff like that. So, uh, it's a good piece of advice to enjoy things in moderation and and to try to do some. John's uh, John's given me the uh, we, I, I've got violins playing in the background, <laughs> uh, but you got to do something to uh, to stay healthy so you can enjoy uh, your years. You know. Yeah. It's it's important. One last question for you, Charlie. I promise, so we can we can let you go and uh, and and keep drinking. Um, where do you see the future of home brewing going, Charlie? Ooh, I have to look into my crystal glass. Here. <laughs> yeah, do that. Do that. Oh, I see. I see foam. Right, foam. <laughs> look deep. Look deep. Pops. <laughs> Green foam. Where do I going? Uh, the boil over, Charlie. <laughs> yeah. Where do I see it going? I see that despite the globalization of the economy and the mergers and acquisitions that the big brewers are playing with, that and the buying up of brands and then the diluting of the quality of those brands, which is inevitable. Despite all that, if that trend happens to just decrease choice for the consumer and the beer consumer, then there will be craft brewers that will emerge, which have they have in this country. We went through that cycle in the late 70s and offer those choices and I think see that people are basically plugged into a society now where they are able to customize their lifestyle by picking their own music to dance to you know picking their own foods choosing their own foods their beverages their clothes their music you name it you know the kind of shoes I mean you can go on the internet and find out so many information and you have access to all these different products. Yeah. There's so many choices that craft brewing and all this flavor and diversity that home brewers are making and craft brewers are making, that choice is going to be here. To, I, I think that craft brewers and home brewers are the ones that are the only ones that are going to be really able to offer those choices. Yeah. Unless, unless people really drift towards what you might call a society of cheap, being cheap, really cheap, and just wanting to buy the cheapest stuff out there. If that happens, I think, you know, you'll see microbrewing go away and homebrewing go away, and people will just want to drink homogenized light lager for the rest of their life. Now, we're in trouble in a lot of ways if that happens, aren't we? Yeah. <laughs> you know? So I think craft beer and homebrewing is leading away for a lot of, lot of things that people buy out there. It's a great model that... You know, there's all this flavor and diversity and choice out there, and we've been able to maintain it. And uh, people are willing to pay a little bit more money for craft beer because they recognize that it has value. And people are they're willing to put a little bit extra time in home brewing because not only do they enjoy the process, but they recognize the value. And I think if more things in life were like that, oh, boy, it would be much more fun to be on this planet. Yeah, <laughs> you're, right. you're right about that. Thanks very much, Charlie. Cheers, Charlie. Really, ah, you're really appreciate it. Here's what I'm thinking. I know you travel a lot and uh, you get a lot of beer from the West Coast. I want to, uh, I want to get you in here if you're ever uh, passing through our neck of the woods in the Northern California area. 
love to have you in the studio so we can uh, really pick your brain without any uh, technical issues. We're in the Concord area, right near uh, Beer, Beer, and More Beer, which uh, I think you've done some work with. Um, so we're, we're right about there. If you're ever coming out to Russian River Brewery or one of those guys, we're in the same neck. Okay. So. I will keep that in mind. That'd be great to come in the studio, and you guys can ply me with beers. That's <laughs> right. we got to give you ours. And John makes some good ones. Doc makes some good ones. And, of course, you've had Morgan's. Uh, and, and they're good too. They've they've done a number on all of us today, mm-hmm. especially Morg. Yeah, look at him. Look, Morg's looking <laughs> at John like he's a steak right now. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but uh, I gotta go, Charlie. <laughs> he's got prime rib in his eye. <laughs> I don't know what these guys are talking about. <laughs> uh, wait, let me let you just if there's any comments, uh, Daniela. Did you have something? There's there? a lot of comments from the chat room, and I just want to let you know, Mr. Papazian, that there's one guy out there at least who is from the UK who. Who has to get up in two hours to go to work and who listened all the way through because he enjoyed it so much. Wow. So the feedback was outstanding tonight. The chat room has been as busy as it's never been before. People just love the last couple of hours. Awesome. Well, we'll have to do it again. Yeah, absolutely. We would, we would appreciate, we would appreciate that if, if we could do that again. Absolutely. Um, what I want to say then is, uh, and and I think John could back me up. I'm, he's going to pass this thing on to me next. The new book from Charlie Papazi and Microbrewed Adventures. You can get it on Amazon, uh, or just go to beertown.org. You can find out how to get it there, which is also how you can sign up to get uh, Zymergy. You can join the AHA. You can get all the updates about the things that Charlie does in the business, which is uh, lobbying for different issues as far as homebrewing goes, and and really kind of making a movement well, happen. We're here because of Charlie too. That's right. I mean, this show exists because of his efforts 30 years ago. So and the, and I'm only here him because of Charlie. In the past. That's the only reason why I'm here. Exactly. Well, that's true. And in the end, it is kind of a, a circle of life that we're all here helping mm-hmm. each other out. But uh, definitely, uh, you know, Charlie has, has, has helped, uh, you know, this industry like no other. So Microbrewed Adventures, the new book by Charlie Papazian. Check it out. And uh, John's enjoying it thoroughly yes. right now. Beertown.org, like I said, you can get Zymergy right there. Go check it out. It's a good site. Lots of information there, too. Yeah. Uh, you can find out good things about competitions that are coming up and uh, and and everything else. And, Charlie, just really, thanks a lot for coming on the show. We know you're a busy guy. All right. Well, good night and good morning or good afternoon, wherever you are. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers, Charlie. Absolutely, Charlie. We'll talk to you soon. Bye. See you, buddy. Okay. Well, there you go. Charlie Papazian, ladies Whew. and gentlemen, on the uh, on the Brewing Network show. Uh, I do apologize for any technical issues. The the phone system is a is a is a wild beast, is what it is, and I've had to tame it the you whole did a time. Great job. <laughs> so uh, hopefully the audio just you know came out enough for you. But I but I think uh, we will work on getting Charlie just in here so that we can hang out and and have a real good time. But uh, you know, uh, sorry, Doc, I no, turned thank you. Off. Thanks. <laughs> uh, I, actually, if we can coordinate it for him to be here. He's got to come out here once in a while. Oh, sure. That's yeah, what I was we, thinking. If we can get him in here. Yeah. That'd yeah. be awesome. It'll be all good, yeah. Get the oh. local homebrew clubs in yeah. here. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Well, however you look at it, for, uh, for Charlie to take some time and, and come hang out with us, and, and, and that was that's good, man. I, I think it was like all that. good. Yeah. It's a good time. Doc, all right. Doc, I think what Doc thinks is good is that it's the first time we've somebody else is in the studio that's having the speech problem that Doc usually has. Morgan has has taken the attention off of Doc <laughs> with the uh, with the with the loose lips uh, with the that, slur that Doc usually Must has. Be that and I like that. What are you guys talking about? <laughs> <laughs>
Morgan, uh, thanks for bringing in the the, the good beer. For yes, us. And, and definitely. Chomp on the whole time. And, and he's, he's a product. Got, he's Charlie. got my slur going. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> uh, we'll be on the air for another couple this. minutes. Uh, I think we're going to go till eight o'clock, which gives us ten minutes. If uh, anybody wants to call in, it's eight 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 four zero one beer. Happy to hear what you thought about Charlie Papazian. I think Jason Petros was out there, a guy who's doing the new show with me uh, coming up in January. It's going to be the uh, Beer and Stuff Variety Show coming Fridays at noon, and he's our co-host. He was hanging out earlier, and I know he had a couple things to say to you Jason, guys. Jason, call in. So uh, we got him out there. But if you just want to call in and, and, and you know give us your thoughts, hey, they could be negative too. I don't care about uh, about Charlie Papazian coming on the show. That was great. And uh, yeah. oh. Man, was I happy to have that guy on the phone. Yeah, huh, guys? you sound like it. <laughs> <laughs> that was Charlie Papazian's beer right there that yeah. just uh, came out on my microphone. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> John's got gas in other areas ready to... Uh, you know, and it made it all here, and we all got to drink it besides Justin. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, let me just give a quick recap while we're still here about things coming up in January so you guys know. Of course, we got the Jamil Show coming Mondays at 10 a.m. Uh, that's going to be a real good show. He's going to tell you how to brew style and, and also answer all your questions. Uh, we're going to brew, we're going to, we're going to broadcast the Oz Craft Brewer Show, which is out of Australia. Been doing it longer than we have. And he does a good show. He gets a lot of people calling in and, and good information there. And uh, we're going to broadcast him on Tuesdays on the Brewing Network. So stay tuned to the to www.thebrewingnetwork.com, and uh, we will keep you posted about when we're going to broadcast that exactly. We're going to do Wine Wednesdays for those of you uh, either wine enthusiasts or... Um, or home brewers out there, uh, home wine brewers out there, we're going to do Wine Wednesdays so that we can get you guys uh, a little information out of the Brewing Network, too. Uh, the big giveaway is a full kegging system courtesy of Northern Brewer, which can be found at northernbrewer.com. They, uh, they, they ship nationwide and probably worldwide as well. Uh, you might have to pay for, for a little shipping, but uh, you can get a lot of good stuff out of Northern Brewer and northernbrewer.com. They have donated for us to give away to one lucky listener in February a full kegging system. So those of you guys who are bottling out there and you're only bottling because you you don't quite have the cash to get the kegging system, buy a fridge like myself. Just get yourself a cheap fridge, which are real cheap. I'll mm-hmm. tell you that. You can get a used fridge at a yard sale for nothing, and we're going to give you the kegging system, courtesy of Northern Brewer. And uh, a new website also coming up. we got a caller right now. Uh, let's uh, see what's going on here. Caller, you're on the air. Hey, hey Joseph, this is Scott. <laughs> it's Scott. I'm, so, I'm sorry. Uh, I, I, it's I, JP. I I'm, I'm going to be a little late for the show tonight. <laughs> oh, it's it's Dr. Scott's alter ego yeah, calling in. JP. We thought you were already here. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm, I'm saying, uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, I've been with you places that you've done this. <laughs> <laughs> and I was hoping you were driving me home. <laughs> I thought wrong. Uh. <laughs> well, see, I kind of felt weird calling in and saying that because Morgan is trash. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, he's just getting his earphones yeah, he on. He didn't even hear that. Say, he didn't no, have his headphones on. Morgan missed that. He's got his headphones on. Now. Jason, uh, Petros. Oh, well, he might, he might, he might consider me too sensitive. <laughs> Jason, just so you know, I actually haven't drank that much. No, I, I know. Yeah, yeah right. Sure. You could tell. No, yeah. You guys, yeah, the police might be listening to this. They might be listening to this band or something like that. Come on now, give me a break. <laughs> <laughs> then you guys did a good show. It was a good. That was a good. It was a good show. Good times. 
No. You did a good show too. You Jason. actually listen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually... It's on, dude. I love you too. Your beard stuff show is gonna be. I love you. I love you, man. Jason, we're friends, right? <laughs> John, Jason, you and I are friends. And what was this about a, a, a wrestling match? It was a tie. Remember, yeah. You, uh, <laughs> yeah. There was no, the only thing that was tied was you and your hands behind your back. <laughs> Jason, I saw you saying, mercy, mercy, mercy is the only thing I remember. Jason, you're, you're, a, you're a liar, empathetic yeah. liar. We, we can go round two, baby. Yeah, that's on. If you guys go round two, it's got to be in the studio on the air. Fun. It's yeah, that would fun. be fun. How great. Roman. Brewing network <laughs> boxing. You know? My sport is Greco-Roman wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, naked. Friday night fights on the Brewing Network. <laughs> Nate. Yes. <laughs> I'm there. Uh, Jason, you actually have a lot of unchecked hey, aggression that you need to take. Jay, into you bring account. a whole different level of energy to this show. <laughs> I'm just waiting well, for the paper boy. Waiting for the good news. <laughs> Can you? <laughs> what is that? What the hell is that, dog? I don't know what, what the, the hell is, is that. <laughs> it's a family guy. That's regressing into fantasy. I'm just waiting for the paper boy. <laughs> oh my god. Waiting for the good news. Waiting for the good news. AJ, keep it going, buddy. Keep going. Oh, Petros. Jason, you, you've got dead air going on. Come on, speak oh, something. Come on. Well, I mean, I, you know, I just, I just called in to give you shit, Scott. That's all I really did. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yes, no, guys? You, no, seriously, that was good. You guys did, you guys did, you guys handled Charlie very well, I thought, especially the second part. Okay. The second half when you did the rapid fire questions for an hour. That was awesome. So oh, you gotta do. You could hear it okay. It all went okay with uh, Justin's little problems. <laughs> so, yeah, it, it went, it went fine, but, um. So basically, yeah, you know, what you're cool. saying, Jason, is when we weren't talking, everything went well. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. Well, a couple of you guys were really waxing poetic over Charlie there, and, <laughs> and uh, I thought someone was going to propose marriage or something. But Jason, will really you marry me? No, thought we, about we, it. we held back for when it's your show. Yeah. <laughs> I should have called good, him I'm a douchebag a couple of extra times. Yeah, did you like that? <laughs> that, uh, that guy's website or that guy's email? Um, That's yeah. right. Douchebag at the brewing network.com. Yeah. That's right. Thank you. Douchebag at the brewing network.com is the new address for the guy who's insulted not only our show, but all of you listeners who uh, tune into our nerd site, our beer. Well, my, my question site. was, how did he know it was, how did he know about it? And if he's calling everyone nerds See? and it's a geek nerd site, I, how I, does he Because know? he's a nerd. I, I think it's because they, they, Brought him into the office. No, no, no. I sat no, him no, down no. and I said, you know what? The the listener public is just down on your show. <laughs> this and, is what they want. And this is because <laughs> this is because of the brewing network. Yeah. You're out. Yeah. I'm I'm sure it wasn't quite so specific, but uh you bring up a good point, Petros. He had to say he he's obviously an avid listener. If he's uh, <laughs> become so angry with us to like direct yeah, his Yeah, actually anger sitting this here lis- looking at Jason, I'm so or uh Justin. Justin, actually. Whoa. <laughs> Jason, <laughs> Justin, two now. Same dude. I'm surprised that that's what they're looking for. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. The J-Man. Hey, wow. Uh, thanks for the call, Petros. Hey, anytime, guys. You're trouble. Glad to have you on the air in January. Hey, Justin. Hey, Justin. Hey, Justin. Doc's now impersonating you, impersonating him. <laughs> that's just Jason. for you, baby. This is gonna snowball into some weird hybrid thing where everyone's gonna have like your hybrid, Jason, or some shit. No, no, I, I want to thank JP for <laughs> he's brought me home Drunk. when I was not even a human anymore. <laughs> You're not a human. <laughs> no, it, it, it was, it was, it was like, wow, how'd I get here? He's a hell of a DD, is what you're he is, saying. He huh? is, he is. When, when you, 
when you turn back into a human, let me know. We'll do it again. Oh, Jason, <laughs> uh, can you pick me up and drive me to my cousin's house, please? Um, where's your cousin? Liz? It's it's in Kentucky. It's date night at Morgan's cousin's house. He needs in a ride in Kentucky. In Kentucky. Yeah. All right, dude. I'll bring the shears. We'll we'll get some sheep. It'll be great. All right, I'll give you a call. I'm Walk put, him towards I'm, water. I'm, I'm, I'm putting an end to this, boys. This yeah. is ridiculous, okay. guys. Thanks. Come on, let's, good show. let's change good, the subject. Good information. Thanks, Goodbye. Thanks, buddy. I love. That, that's a that's a fire. Can you say fire? I like how you guys hang up on them too. That's yeah. great. You gotta be done. Goodbye. That's click. Can we mute them too? Okay. Everybody else. Can we just mute them? Can I hang up on Jonathan? Can, can John mute? wants to uh, mute the guest desk. Yeah, no, yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> John hates. I mean, Doc hates. I'll that. stop talking. All you have to do is just tell me <laughs> no, to stop talking. I I'm not liking the mute button. No. Look at. I told you. <laughs> Look what uh, Charlie's beard does to us. I know. I but here's here's the thing. I don't mind it happening at the end of the show. My compromise was that I would get to the point in the beginning. If I was allowed to fuck off at the end, yeah. which so <laughs> that was a great so look, show, man. Like it's eight o'clock. Yeah. If anyone's still here, yeah. it's because they're as drunk as we are and they're ready to screw <laughs> yeah. off. No, Papazian was a pretty good. He was an excellent guest. He had a lot of information, more information than we could use if we were even writing down while we were well, listening. And, and he answered questions that you know we had yeah. about, which is good. Yeah. To answer questions that we have. And I think, you know what, we could have answered the <laughs> yeah. same way. We that we all had. We yeah. could have, I could have answered the same exact way as, no, you as he did. Oh, yeah. yeah. But no one that. would have listened to me yeah. like they the listened to him. Going on. No, it's true. Yeah. It's true. They'd have been like, whatever, it's Morgan. We don't even know that guy. Yeah. He's nothing. Yeah, he's not, he's a nobody. Charlie said it? Okay, it's gold. Yeah. Actually, that's what Carter Petros was alluding to, is that we were all apparently treating Papazian like he was, well, he is royalty, but we were like kind of waxing you know what? about it. We wouldn't be home brewing if it wasn't for him way back then. I wouldn't be, yeah. Yeah, but Petros is right. Maybe we should have called him a douchebag a couple more times. He, he is a douchebag. <laughs> yeah, he needs to be. <laughs> well, no, no, that's the cool thing. We could just email him that. Mm. Yeah, I'll tell you. Call call him. I'll tell to him. Then he would be one of us. (laughs) Charlie Papazian on the show. That was cool. I appreciate that. Microbrewed Adventures is his new book, and you can find that on Amazon or go to beertown.org. And uh, hopefully, we're going to have him in the studio in in, in the in the coming year. How about another caller? How about we? (laughs) Eight 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 four zero one beer. You got about a minute left because I'm hey, gonna go I'm gonna wax it. on and get the heck out of here. Wax on, wax off. Next week uh, is going to be a big show too. Actually, not for guests, but for good information because next week is our first. I don't know why it's taken us so long to do it. Um, or tell me about it. But uh, we didn't know we'd <laughs> yeah. still be here. <laughs> <laughs> or tell Doc about it because it's his show. Uh, we're gonna do the gadget oh, yeah? show next okay. week. And uh, the gadget show is important because, especially if you're on a budget, because Doc's gonna kind of evaluate some things you can do to improve your homebrew system on a uh, low budget, kind yeah. of making it yourself. Um, you kind of how to make your own. What will get more efficiency out of what you got to do, and, yeah. and things like that. So. so we're gonna evaluate some of the things that Doc has done. Uh, we're gonna try to get some other uh, uh, gadget builders in here. There's there's one particular guy. I don't know. I, I assume he's not listening now, but. Uh, Man named Mike McDole, who we've been dying to get in here. Yeah. This guy is a, is another homebrew smarty who, uh, he doesn't have a lot to say, but I'll tell you what, when he says it, it's golden. And uh, he's a good brewer and a good gadget maker. I have to say, Mike McDole, uh, makes some of the best beer I've ever had in my entire life. You know what? I'm with yeah. you. And, he, and, he's, so, with and he's so quiet about yeah. it. Oh yeah. No, seriously, this guy, like, I hold him, Equal or above Papazian. This, as for quality of beer. Quality of beer. This yeah. guy makes some amazing beer. Best beer, really. I mean, I've, I've tasted beer from all around the world. And, uh, 
in, in the country exactly. and everything like that. And this guy's beer is is phenomenal. It's amazing. Yeah. I want to try to. We, we've been trying brown. to get him in here. He's just. He doesn't want to be on well, the, the microphone. Well, the funny thing with the gadgets too is, I'll come up with something. Yeah. He'll, he'll make it better. He yeah. makes it yeah, better. Yeah, or, yeah. And then I'll make it better. And then he'll make he it makes better. He's and a, then, or or he'll, yeah. he'll come up with something. And I'll make it better. Yeah. He'll he make makes it better. It better and, and, and it's no competition. It's just like. No. I, I like him like, yeah. cool. McDowell's, I love that too. McDowell's one of the smartest guys I've ever met and he makes some of the best beer I've ever had in my life. Yeah. But he's the quietest. He's quiet. quiet. And that's why we're not sure and, if we and, can get him in here. What, but yeah. that's the gadget show next week. We're going to try to get, uh, uh, try to get him in here yeah. and talk about his gadgets too. We will. We do have a featured gadget, uh, coming in from a company called, um, Innovative Homebrew Solutions. Nice. And they're what sending us uh, what's called a hop stopper. And it's basically a way uh, for you guys with it, with the kettle that, that's at the, that has the spout at the bottom. It's a way to kind of, even if you do do a whirlpool, although this eliminates the need, to get all your wort out, like really the maximum amount of wort, without leaving too much behind and leaving all the hop troop behind so that you can get a cleaner transfer. So uh, we're going to have their product in here. Uh, it, it's it's in shipment, so we haven't evaluated yet, so I'm not going to tell you if it's good or, uh, good or not, but we're going to check it out, give it a good look, and we'll discuss that. Also, they have decided to give one away, too. So one lucky listener is going to get a hop stopper um, uh, during next week's show. We're going to give that away, and, and they're cool. going to send it to you directly, and they're going to make it specifically for your kettle, too. Nice. So you're going to want to tune in next week and one winner is going to get a hop stopper from uh, Innovative Homebrew Solutions. So when, when, we, when we get it, Doc will check it out. Uh, Doc will check it out and uh, and we'll see what we got. Uh, caller, caller, you're on the air. Hello. Hello. How's it going? It's going great. Who are we talking to, my friend? This is MedTech. MedTech, how are you? Massachusetts. Mass. Uh, is, it, is it snowing or what? Uh, yeah, we just got about 16 inches uh, Friday, so we Dang. got plenty. Screw that, man. Screw that is all I got to say. It's ice. What are you doing? You know, you go out in the morning and your balls stick to the bottom of your car seat. You see what I'm saying? That's cold. <laughs> you just got to have some beer before you go out. That's all. <laughs> yeah. wow. Put a little Bailey's in your coffee. That's right. <laughs> How are you tonight, man? No Mateo? problem. <laughs> just wanted to let you guys know that this show was great. Good. Did you enjoy Charlie? Oh, yeah. Okay. A lot of information. Yeah, he's got it. You know, I'll tell you this. It's hard to know where to begin with a guy like Charlie, right? You want to get his history out there. Oh, yeah. You, you want to talk about what he's involved with. But you also, then you want to ask just about homebrewing. You just want homebrew tips from him. And it's hard to figure out which one to go with, you know? Oh, yeah. And you always know that he's going to forget more than you'll ever know. So, <laughs> again. Yeah, yeah, that's well, true. Just the political part that he's done for everybody. He, he's, yeah. he's right in there with the political stuff about what oh, yeah. we can get, what we can't, yeah. and all that other stuff. Stuff that we don't want to deal with. Sure. Really lobbying to, to make homebrew what it is, you know? Oh, yeah. Cool. Well, I'm glad you enjoyed it. a long ways in a short time, so. Have you read any of his other books? I'll be honest, I haven't. I haven't read The Complete Yeah, I have, Joy. actually. You have? Okay. Yep. And how do you like those guys? Like The Complete Joy Homebrewing, you read that? Yeah, that's the one I've read. Okay. I mean, I've just read so many books, I don't know which is what, but I mean. Gotcha. Just reading books is the best way I've learned. Yeah, it's important. you got to get out yep. there and read. I wish I knew how to read. He knows how to twist buttons and talk. That's all I can do is twist buttons and waffle on. And drink beer. <laughs> Check this out. The guy um, the guy who does the Australian show is going to be on the Brewing Network in January. I, yeah, uh, I'm waiting for that. 
Like the Jamil show also. And the Jamil show too. Yeah, the, the good shows, good shows. This guy, I sent him an email to confirm and, and, and he had confirmed, yeah, the show can be on and I, and I sent him an email back that basically said, great, sounds good. Here's the details. This is what I got planned unless you have any other ideas. And what I meant was other ideas for, for his show, how to broadcast it and stuff. And yeah. what he sends me back is a whole list of, uh, Ideas for our show <laughs> and, and how we can improve it. And one of the main things he had to say was, uh, you Yanks waffle on too long. And, uh, <laughs> and it sounds like you're looking for things to say. And, uh, maybe you could, uh, trim it down a little bit. That's <laughs> what the guy says. And I'm thinking, um, no, that wouldn't be fun. I don't want your opinion anymore. <laughs> if it means like, well, then it runs into the non-fun thing. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what. One problem we've had on this show is, uh, one problem we've not had is, is finding a way to fill the time. I mean, obviously, it's eight. It's after yeah. eight o'clock now, and he's thinking that we're like looking after for eleven o'clock here. It's eleven o'clock right. exactly, and and he's thinking we get we're like looking for things to talk about. But when we started this, and gig, when you're drunk enough, it doesn't matter what you talk yeah. about. No, <laughs> that's what I figure. When we whole started this whole thing, it was like two hours, man, max. Yeah, uh, we'll be lucky if we can fill it. Yeah. And no the next thing you know, it's like oh, three hours People just plus. Keep talking, especially yeah. in the chat room. I mean, they'll go on at like. An hour after the radio show is done, and I just keep chatting away. Oh, That's yeah. pretty cool too. The diehards, I like that. You can join the chat room right now. As long up as you don't say page. anything bad about me. That's <laughs> all nice. right. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Doc. Yeah, that <laughs> never happens. We know that never happens. Yeah, <laughs> yeah never. <laughs> never. Well, thanks. All for right. The, thanks for the call, man. Guys, have a good night. You all too. Right. Glad you're. Uh, I'll glad you enjoyed go the talk show. Go Patriot. Oh, a little New England call out there. I like it. Oh yeah. All right, buddy. We'll see you. Have a good night. All right. If he's going to do that, I'm going to say go UConn if he's going to call out all the New England teams. You Look, guys are going to say that. I'm going to say that uh, uh, football is a joke. <laughs> those are fighting words. Wow. Those are fighting words. Uh, wrestling. Gotta, wrestling. Greco Roman. Uh, your I'm 6'5, 250 pounds. I'll wrestle yeah. anyone. Yeah, by oh, the way. Jonathan, I'm Morg's a big guy. I'm not scared. I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Scott, you're, you're on. Danielle I'll go even, for it. Danielle's not I did high, I did high school anymore. wrestling and then I did judo, so. Me, me too. Uh, I'm judo. dirty. Judo's for pussies. All right. I'm, I'm, look at I'm not proud. Alright. Hey, Morg. Judo's for pussies. You, you're right, but you know what? We win every time though. <laughs> Caller, you're on the air. Yes, is, is this the number to order some man candy? Yes. <laughs> I'd, oh, I'd yes, like 150 right. pounds of man candy, please. <laughs> the man candy yeah. corner, baby. Yeah. You definitely reached... Justin was looking for the man candy, actually. <laughs> yeah. You definitely reached the right... Uh, hey, Matt, number. how you doing? Oh, you knew it was me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. We have no idea who you are. Keep going. <laughs> I've uh, I've taken to announcing Matt as Beer Pal in in public forums lately. He's taking on the name too. Well, every, every, he everywhere he goes, people are like, "Hey, aren't you Beer Pal?" Even in bars, I hear. I can't imagine the look on my face when when that that bartender walked up and asked if my name was Beer Pal. Man, I was like, what the hell? It was great. I I only wish I could have heard what you said because I did see the look on your face. Like, are you kidding me? <laughs> Yeah. yeah, that was funny. That was great. Uh, hey, you guys, I'm, I'm not going to, I don't want to keep you, but just, hey, excellent show. One, absolutely one of the best. Cool. Thanks and also, 
man, JP showed that Dr. Scott thing is hilarious. How how <laughs> close is he? Show. Yeah, that guy, he's like a spitting image of Dr. Scott. <laughs> I mean, how right on is hey, that it, voice? It's, it's only off-site. <laughs> <laughs> what did I miss while I was taking a leak? While you were taking a leak, JP called in as Dr. Scott. Nice. And uh man is his impersonation right on. <laughs> Excellent. But he wasn't there he wasn't there when I fell in the ditch. <laughs> no, he wasn't there for that, but uh, his voice says enough to, uh, yeah. to get that, that inference. Oh, my God, I fell in a ditch. <laughs> yes, that one. How am I? Uh, thanks, Beer Pal. All right, guys. We'll see you, bye. <laughs> All right, we got to get out of here. Good show. <laughs> Good show. Great show. Thanks very much to Charlie Papazian. Um, I mean, really, uh, just to take the time to come in here and, and hang out with us. That was fun. Daniela? Congratulations to Di in Australia for brewing her first batch and also let us know it did not taste horrible. Right Actually, on. he's kind of proud of her. It was kind of good. Nice, Oz. Good job. Mm-hmm. No. So the women are coming, you see? You yes, see? Yeah. Women are coming. Literally. You're right. Yeah. Yes, women are coming. Not in here, but in general. <laughs> but sometimes they <laughs> are. Never yeah. Good night, you idiots. Uh, All right. <laughs> Just the people Wait. here in the studio, of course. Hey, I love Dan- my listeners. Danielle has not even flipped me off once tonight. I don't like you, Dr. Scott. Is that enough? Nope, not enough. I hate you. I need that. <laughs> I told you when you got in here first that you stink like men, but... <laughs> <laughs> she did say that. I'll vouch for that. Hey, there you go. And, as soon as uh, she walked in the room, she didn't have a chance to smell my man butt. She said, Doc, you smell like man butt. It's funny, Good though. night, and thank you for everything. I'm looking for this song, because people have wanted me to do uh, new songs at the end what here. The, uh, let's go back to the roots, man. No, they want it. That's what I'm saying. They want something new. And I, and I was sent a good song, and now I can't find it, because I didn't save it in the proper place. That's Bastard. Your, yeah, I got another one. I mean, I, I got one in line, but this one was uh, secondary. Man, this one was just right. It was it was good and funny. People want us to just change up the end song from the uh, the homebrew song. I usually play the homebrew song at the end, like after whatever I've been playing lately. All right, I'll do this one for Doc. It's uh, <laughs> it can uh, be anything. Yeah, this one is good for Doc. It's good for Oz. Uh, it's gonna be good for John because he's been thinking about getting hitched and all that kind of weird stuff and uh this is what's in store for you but how could all this tie together this i don't song, know this song's what's in store for you you're gonna enjoy it good night everybody <laughs> good night thanks morgan uh from ej fair for hanging out with us and, charlie and, has and left the building time. charlie's left the building uh long show as 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 usual as but, we uh, expected though thanks for hanging out thanks again to our podcasters downloading it thanks to the guys checking out the archives what the hell thanks to everybody i don't care yeah the fuck do I care? You don't care. Thanks. Thanks. <laughs> Can we do this? Uh, JP, uh, I know where you live. <laughs> he doesn't care. It's the Brewing Network. We'll be back next week for our last show. It's the Gadget Show. It's going to be a good one for those of you who want to build your own stuff. It's the last uh, week we do before our three-week vacation. <laughs> one more call. I'll just. Uh, I was going to answer it just on the air. It's the, crotch rot. The phone's ringing off the hook. Do they want to be on the air? Or are they ready for us to get off? Danielle is checking. Yeah, died. Oh, it's Di. Another Australian. <laughs> oh, my God. You are on the air. Okay, hang on. <laughs> it's Di from Australia. You're on the air. Hello. Hi there. How you doing? I'm doing real good, man. I had you going crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Who are we, we talking to? Who do you think is the craziest person you ever talked to? <laughs> it's Crazy Jack. Is it Crazy it's Jack? It's Crazy Jack. <laughs> I love Crazy Jack. I hear that you're going to come into the studio for the Gadget Show. 
Yeah. <laughs> that just freaked the shit out of me. I thought it was Die from Australia no. calling. And then all of a sudden he has his deep voice. Yeah, it's Jack. <laughs> John, don't look at me like that. Apparently you're the one who, who said he could come in. He's fine. Yeah. I'm changing my mind. There you go. We can have a lot of different crazy voices. Oh, no, <laughs> no I, I met Jack at the last Doze meeting. So. Yeah. Yeah. I say crazy yeah. Jack is totally welcome. He's a good guy. Yeah. I, I, are you, are you going to come in next week? Yeah, I will. All right. I say come in, man. Come yeah. on down, baby. But listen, if you come in here yeah. and, and you're all normal, I'm going to be disappointed. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? If you're like a reg, if you're like a regular guy that I can relate to, it's going to disappoint me. Well, you know, when I come in there, I can I can be like a normal person because. But if all of a sudden you start acting up, I will act up. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we want. That's awesome. You know, I hear uh, that that, uh, and we've heard this about you before. Uh, you know, you went up to meet John, and 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 he reached out his hand to give you a shake, and and you said, "Screw that!" and you just gave him a big old hug, <laughs> <laughs> big old beer hug. And, and as you can tell, I'm a big. Did he tell you how big I was? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like three times mine. Why, uh, well, yeah, he's a grizzly. Dude. That's why he's half crazy Jack and yeah. half Huggy Jack. Yeah, Huggy Jack. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it just depends on what kind of mood you're in, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> so it remains to be seen who we get in the studio next week. Could be Huggy Jack, could be Crazy Jack. We it's don't know. It's a Christmas well, show. You know. <laughs> we don't know. You, are you coming yep. in with Beer Pal? Yeah, he he told you know we we talked about it at the at the Dawes meeting and stuff like that. All right, cool. Hey, I'm happy to I'm happy to have you. See okay. how that is. See how that is, chat room. You call us in enough and act crazy, we invite you over. <laughs> it's just the way it works around here. Well, that's me normally, and I had two teeth pulled last Friday. Uh, really? Yep. <laughs> what? So I'm, you I'm out let of me beer do it for a couple a couple more days. Yep. Are they your front teeth or what? Uh, no, no, no. A side teeth and one in the back. Yeah. Which ones? Uh, actually, number two and number twenty-nine. Oh, dang, you're spreading it out a little bit. Why didn't you go to Doc? He could have helped you. Out. Yeah. Well, because uh, I, I doubt uh, I could have saved have, him. <laughs> Doctor Graves up here in Vallejo. He's great. Yeah. yeah. He's no yeah. Doc though. He's not drunk when he does and, it. And then I go up to um, uh, Doctor Sutter up in. Um, in Vacaville, who was the, I guess he was the head of the doctor, the dentist uh, association for the area. All right. Yeah. yeah. There you go. Stories yeah, so of I the, got good people. Stories of the dentists. Well, right here on tell the you what, Network. show them to me when you come in next week. <laughs> oh, that's disgusting. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Thanks, Crazy Jack. We'll see you next week. All right. Have a good one. We'll see you, buddy. It's the Brewing Network. Thanks, everybody. Thank you to Charlie Papazian. The, uh, the, the gadget show next week. If you want to hear good stuff about how to make good stuff, tune in. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you there. Pale ale is a friend of mine, and I should like good barley wine. Chocolate porter, cherry stout, don't you know what I am talking about? Don't you give me that American crude, for the one of real homebrew.
sure know how to get down Double and triple on my best friend I think I'll have them all over again But don't you give me that American truth For the one a real homebrew Homebrew, don't you really love that homebrew Can't get enough of it Homebrew, it blows my mind I love homebrew all of the time Yeah, I think I'll have it Well, I'll have it one right now Love of that home brew can't get enough of it. Home brew, it blows my mind. 